Blog Talk Radio. Tonight's episode of Ready to Unload with Cal and Sam Pete is sponsored by Blue Haven NYC in Greenwich Village, New York City's sports bar for grown-ups. Go to www.bluehavennyc.com for details. And Sam Heath, New York Sports Talk Podcast, episode number 3.34. Coming to you live from Bayside, New York, Comac, New York, and Freehold, New Jersey. It is Thursday night. It is 9.30 p.m. It is time for another episode of Ready to Unload with Cal and Sam Pete live now. Here we go. He introduces the act. Let's get right to it. Ton to do tonight. All sorts of the football has started again, so that's like holy cow. Baseball's going on. The Yankees are the big story. We don't even have to talk about Mets tonight. We can talk about Yankees. With a, it's a delight. And uh, so, and, and we also have Joe Caparoso. Mingya. It's going to be one Italian show later on tonight. When. <laughs> Steve Sampietro, Brian Calvi, PJ Cachopo, and Joe Caparoso talk about their favorite their favorite wines, their favorite mafia movies, and also the New York Jets. And you know, with those four names, somebody may get whacked. I'm just saying. Uh but uh it was so he's gonna be on. He's from turnonthejets.com. They've been doing awesome stuff. It's a great Jets blog. We're gonna talk about the Jets, the NFL season how the media covers the Jets, the clown circus. That's also uh, Jets. That's the Jets camp. That music plays every time Rex Ryan comes out for a press conference. Uh, we're going to talk about the Yankees to open the show, but uh, to get, let's do this. Man, could that be more scattered? Holy cow. Uh, so, uh, let's bring in my co-host, the guy who co-hosts the show. We're trying all sorts of technical stuff, so if we're a little, you know, if we're a little slow no. here, we're trying different video and different stuff, and that we should have just went with the regular show. He's chomping at the bit. He's in the playroom. He has a large Barbie castle behind him. That is huge. That I can see on the video. Brian Calniva Calpino Caliente. Hello, Brian. Welcome to the show. Hi, Steve. It's so nice to have you back where you belong. It's nice to be here. How are you doing? Good. I'm kids, really good. Kids started school. Up and Adam. Did they hit it? Did they kill it? 
That's it. Back back to the grind. Yesterday. Back to the grind. Yep. Did they get all like uh sort of melancholy about it? Like, oh you know, this is my busy season. Here we go. Packing up papers and the loose leaf and stuff. They're not that they're not old enough really to get melancholy. <laughs> my my six year old pulled the old blanket over the head routine, wouldn't get out of bed and come on. Time to get out of bed. Time to go to school. Pulled the blanket over the head. Does she have any idea what a cliche that is? Yeah, no. She, I think she knows, <laughs> and she didn't care. Uh, yeah, she went for it. No school for me. Did she? But, com- did she commit to it? Oh, she was all in. But you know what? <laughs> at the end of the day, literally at the end of the day, we talked about how her day went, and she she made a new friend. First day of school, she made a new friend. All right. So it was fine. You know, they, they these kids, they're resilient. I, I asked them tonight. I said, you know, you've been back to school for two days. It probably feels like you've been back for six months. And they both agreed to that. So they did. They felt like it was six months. Yeah. Like, you know, like where they didn't even have a summer. <laughs> Never even happened. Just, you know, completely right. jaded. Right back at it. So it's tough in third grade. Fourth. Fourth. Oh, my bad. Hey, sorry. Fourth and first. Wow. I uh, I I was <laughs> I was talking to Teresa right before we were uh, getting ready to come on. We were having our eight minutes that we have uh, in between getting right. us down and cleaning the house and the whole thing. Isn't that nice? The eight minutes before I get ready for the show. It was quality. I mean, it was quality time. And she said they did something uh, fun today at work. What's that? Well, they 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 played this game. She uh, they had all been out. To, she has like a very small office. Like maybe there's like ten people or something like that. And she sort of runs the office, which is uh, nice, impressive. So uh, they started playing this game about uh, what would your name be if I didn't know your name. What would your name be if I didn't? In other know words, your name? what would I think if I didn't know your name was Brian? What would I think by the way you look? What would I think your name would be? So the game is that I have to come up with what you would think it is? No. This the is the second is, week in a row that you've confused the, me the right game the is, The game is uh, trying to come to a consensus on what somebody's what you think somebody's name would be if okay, you didn't so know their it's name. A, it's, a, it's kind of a group thing. That's right. Okay. It's a group dynamic thing. All right. So in other words, is I it have, a team building exercise or it, no? <laughs> it's right after the trust fall they did oh, this. Oh, good. Great. In the restaurant where they were having lunch, they stood up on the table, did trust falls, <laughs> uh, which is a good way to get kicked out of Fridays, by the way. Just FYI. Well, that and role playing. They don't like that. <laughs> that and the group role play. Yeah, I like things that. things can get out of hand in a hurry. No, they and and uh, they guessed her name was Renee. Renee. They all came to the consensus. Uh, if they didn't know her name, they would think it was Renee. So I want to ask you, if you didn't know my name and you just saw my face, what you what would you think I uh, what what would you think my name would be? Ethan. You know what? I love that you went with your gut and you went for it. That was my gut, but now that I think about it, probably not. <laughs> right. <laughs> Let's bring the bishop in on this. Let's bring uh, uh, our producer, the Bishop Pop Culture PJ, and get his opinion real quick. Because we're going to talk about the Yankees in a second. Playing the Orioles in a huge four-game series this weekend at Camden Yards, where, Cal, we were told over and over again, 
the Yankee fans take over. They do. I mean, Yankee fans take over the place. Those Yankee fans must own a lot of orange these days, huh? They, uh, they, they do. You know what? Buck Showalter was on today with Francesca Cal, and he said something that's great. And I don't want to forget about what PJ thinks my name would be, but uh, he said, Showalter said, you know, Francesca asked him about, you know, the fans and only 11,000 showing up in their middle of a pennant race and blah, blah, blah. Buck Showalter said, well, we haven't earned it. I mean, we've been, be- he essentially said, we've been beating the crap out of these people for 15 years. And their TV ratings are through the roof. Like, people are following the team. They're just not going back to the park they yet. Just don't, they just don't trust them to go back to the park. I thought it was such a, like, genuine... I thought it was great. I thought it was really great. Like a genuine thing for the manager to say. All right, here he is, the Bishop Pop Culture PJ. If you didn't know my name, Peach, what would you think my name was? Sparky. Excellent. I get something, that a lot. Yeah, something with you, It's no matter what it is, it ends in a Y. You could be a Tommy. You could be a Jeffy. You could be Jeffy. a Billy. You could be a Jeffy. You could be a Billy. What am I, a claymation character? Jeffy? Danny, you, well, you got that little bit about you. Yeah, you're a little bit uh, animated by someone else's hand. <laughs> Jeffy the clay horse. <laughs> <laughs> but I think Sparky. Yeah, you're okay. Kind of sparky. You know, it's funny. I get that a lot. Sparky. I get, uh, yeah, I get yeah. a lot of people say, you know what? You look like a Sparky. Yeah. I didn't see you first, Steve. Cal, I can tell you right away what you got. You must get it all the time. What do I get? Michael. Yeah. I was going to go Lord Byron. <laughs> right. The Honorable... I get that. <laughs> dot, dot, dot. The Honorable Jed T. Jenkins. Yes. That's what you look yes. like a little bit. Something Esquire. Well, let's not go that far. Pete, you've all been right. dealing with this all your life because your name is actually Paul. We've discussed why you're called PJ. People like to guess what PJ stands for before they'll ask me my name. Right. Hi, how you doing? Hey, my name, you know, I'm PJ. Oh, yeah? Uh, Peter John? What? Paul <laughs> Joseph? Why don't you just ask me? Well, you got to guess. <laughs> it's fun. It's fun. It's like a game. Yeah. Right? I- I think my first guest was Pimp Justice. Yep. Yep. My friend Adam called me Pope Jerry. <laughs> Cal, what, if you took a if you took a quick glance at PJ and you didn't know his name was either PJ oh, or Paul. Yeah. What do you got there? Charles. <laughs> I, I could be a Charles. About I could be a hefty Charles. Would he go with Charles? He'd be Charles though. He wouldn't be Charlie. He'd be Chuck. That's be a true. Chuck. You're a Chuck. Yeah. Without a doubt. I may, I may try uh, going out and uh, using the assumed name for a couple of things. Try to, try to be Chuck for a while. Well, how come it doesn't stand for Paul Charles? Maybe we should ask your parents. Maybe we should. PJ, Let's get them wait, on the PJ? line later. PJ. Paul Charles. Oh, that's correct. Okay. Charles. <laughs> Charles. Jar- Swedish. I, I was thinking you were a Finn. <laughs> Paul Carroll. Have you guys ever? Have you guys heard that? We're going to get to the Yankees in a second. I promise. Have you guys heard the creation story though of your names? Like, were you supposed to be named something else? Was there like a big 
I, I don't. I, I think we've talked about it with you, Peach, because of the PJ thing. Yep. But P, Cal, were you supposed to be something else, or was it was Brian across the board? You have no, two I, sisters, so. Yeah, no, I I could have been a Michael, is what I've been told. All right. Uh, my name came from a character on the soap opera Ryan's Hope. But your name's Brian. Right, and the character was named Brian. <laughs> I don't know who so the it actor was, was. It wasn't the lead character. Probably not. It wasn't Ryan of Ryan's Hope. No, no, Brian. And, uh, so, you know, I kind of feel like, well, you know, a lot of people have, have these great stories about their name, and they're named after these special people in their family. And, you know, I wonder if... Well, if if General Hospital had been on, if I had been named something else, Luke, you could have, you could have been Robert Scorpio. Uh, um, before that. Oh, all right. I'm. <laughs> I'm a, I am well, there's still after, time, you know. Yeah, a defunct soap opera is what I'm named after. Ryan, there was a last the, uh, minute. There was the a last minute effort on the part of my grandmother to name me Oliver. Wow. But it, uh, it, yeah. Boy, are we glad somebody tackled her. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I, I think I might make a good Ollie, if you oh. think about it. Look, you've had bouts of pretentia before. Could you imagine if you were named Oliver? I, I, mean, I might have gone the on. university route. <laughs> the way many people thought I, I was supposed to go. You might have been a man of papers. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. A man of letters. Yes. Oliver. Oliver Kachopo does and not it gets, well, it, And it gets creepy, too, because she wanted me to be named Oliver after her dead twin. Whoa. Wow. Whoa. So that's why that was voted down. It was voted down for sheer creepiness. Who is this dark broad? <laughs> that was your grandmother? On my mother's side, yeah. Her, her twin. Dark? Her twin Oliver. That's where she was. Wow. Why not name him after Oliver, my dead twin brother? That is. You know, we got one of those in my family where there was, uh, like in the great side, where there was an Anthony who got, <laughs> wow, who was was uh, killed as an infant. Not an infant, but it was, it was real small. He got hit by a truck or something in Brooklyn. Ooh. And then five years later, they, like named another ki- they named another kid Anthony. Oh, like, how do you do that? That's questionable. Isn't it questionable? Yeah. We were, we were, but that was nuts. And it was like, this was like all during like the, the 20s and 30s. And like, you know, names didn't cost anything. Yeah. It's not like it was the Great Depression and you had to reuse it. <laughs> well, maybe brush, that brush was it the off. mentality. Don't waste it. Right. You know what? It's a shame to waste a name like that. Right. Like, they're not going to charge you extra if you think outside the box there a little bit. <laughs> names are, you know, names well, are funny. People get very into that whole do-over when tragedy strikes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and again, this is like in 1930. Not that it makes it any less tragic. It's just, you know, it, it wasn't like it is <laughs> In the 30s, what? Kids were getting hit by trucks left <laughs> and right. It was the they 30s. Got milk trucks every day. It was the 30s. That's what happened. <laughs> Look, there are certain things that happened in the 30s. And milk trucks were one of them. <laughs> the kids were all in the street. We didn't have daycare. We sat the kids in the street. Now you're getting into Dana Carvey, old man. 
territory. <laughs> Liberty flu. All right, we got to get to the big unload because we have a, a guest coming on at ten. And so, uh, and I really, really want to talk about the Yankees. Oh, we got about fourteen minutes. That should do it. Would you feel that? Do you feel that that's sufficient? Uh, yeah, I think I think anything more would be self-indulgent. All right. Well, here we go, Michael. Ready to unload with Michael and Sparky. That's what we're going with tonight. <laughs> you could have been a Matt also. That was what I was supposed to be. Matthew? Yes. Okay. They went Steven at the last minute. That was a last minute decision. How last minute? Like uh I was Matthew and then the they when I was born my mother said I didn't look like a Matthew. Oh, so you were named before you were born. Yes. And then okay. If I was a girl, I was going to be a Stephanie, of course, because it was 1974. Right. And Stephanie was the most popular name in the country for about 18 years. Which is why we went to high school with 19 of them. There were a lot of them. And Jennifer's. Yep. And Stacy's. And Stacy's, right. <laughs> Did I ever tell you my buddy Josh's uh, Hamptons thing? No. If you want to get a girl's attention in the Hamptons. Like there's like just a pack of girls just yell out Stacy. Somebody's gonna look. Somebody's just one of the girls is bound to turn around. But not anymore. <laughs> That's right. Because they're all old, you know. Well, he's old. Oh, he's our age. Okay, he's old. Right. He actually still goes to the Hamptons. You know. Wow. We, we we don't get to do that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> What's that like? Yeah, those boys are all gone now. Um, okay, the Yankees, Cal. I have a couple of things that I've been dying to talk to you about. I know. You told me to remind you of something, too, so I'll see if you get yes. to it. It's, uh, it's a Cano-David Wright thing and uh, about Cano being in an option year uh, and David Wright being in an option year next year. Right. But I, I, I'll get to that in a minute. Here's what I want to get your opinion on. Uh, it's twofold. One, Yankee fan friend or Yankee friends, yeah, Yankee fan friends and how they're reacting right now as opposed to the Met fan who is conditioned to the collapse, so that's part, or a collapsing baseball team, so that's part A. Part B is the actual on-the-field goings-on, like the lethargy, the uh, lack of clutch hitting, the age, the uh, all those things that are actually going on on the field, how they're losing these games. So uh, give me one. Yankee fan friends, how? What are you seeing? Uh, I'm seeing a, a range of emotions. I'm seeing denial. I'm seeing um, anger. A lot of anger. A lot of you know this team. This team is horrible. And if if you believe that they're going to come out of it just because they've done it in the past, you're crazy. I see a lot of that. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm, and so those are the, actually those are the two things I'm seeing it, the, the, the yeah. But in contrast to that, are you not? Are we not? I think we've seen it among some of our better and all of our not all of our but some of our closest friends who are Yankee fans are fantastic fans. They're great. They're realistic. They've been through the bad times. They're not privileged Yankee fans. Okay, and I'm still seeing the idea of well, they've been through bad Septembers before. Because that's what you're hearing a lot is, well, it reminds you of 96 and it reminds you of 2000. Right. Except for the fact that every everybody is 15 years older this year. 
Right, and neither of which should be applicable or applicable, depending on if we're in France. Uh, neither neither of those should be applicable because th- there's nobody's from that team except Derek Jeter. That's right, and yeah, like it's it's a completely different team. So how could you possibly? Oh, the Yankees have been through this before. They've had bad September's. You know they'll be fine. Right, it's a completely that's, different team. That's another argument. Well, they're the Yankees. They're going to be okay. Why are they going to be okay? Well, because they're the Yankees. Because they're the Yankees. Yeah, well, I, I think that ties into the other thing, though, that I'm seeing out of my Yankee fan friends, which is that it's the Orioles that are challenging them. They don't like that. It no, Not even that they don't like that. They don't believe in the Orioles any more than the Oriole fans do. Well, you got this whole negative run differential that, that, that they keep coming back to. Right. And it's like, how can, the, how can the Orioles be good if they have scored less runs than they've given up? Yeah, I feel like it's it's not even so much that they think the Yankees are going to rebound and play well. I think it's more that they're just waiting for the Orioles to fold up shop. Yeah, well, guess what? Tampa Bay is only two games behind it, So <laughs> I know, but Tampa Bay has a recent history of scaring the Yankees. Right. They clearly have no fear of the Yankees. The Yankees have had a difficult time in Tampa. But as we heard over and over again tonight, with the Yankees starting a four-game set with the Orioles up two games seeing a ten-and-a-half game lead disappear. That they expected there to be more Yankee fans than Oriole fans. There always are. There always, to be fair... Well, in the last 15 years. Right. Well, go, back to, go back to 1997, there yeah. wasn't all Yankee fans. Yeah, but, but 15 years is a long time. It is, it, absolutely. It's a that's, generation that's, of baseball fans. It, it literally is. It's not a small sample size. So for the last 15 years, Hamden Yards has been filled with Yankee fans. Yep. That's not the case tonight. Right. And I don't know if the Yankee fans quite know how to handle this. Right. <laughs> it, just, is, it is really like the say it ain't so, Johnny. Because if it's so, I don't know how to react. Like, what, what is happening here? Yeah. It's not not supposed to be happening. But the bottom line is, and to get to your second point about on the field, there's a lot of problems here. And a lot of problems that, quite frankly, I thought would have worked themselves out by now. And I'm surprised that they're in the position that they're in. I, I, I see. I, I think, Bri, that... You have, been, you have been forecasting this all season. It just, I mean, just because they're old. I mean, they've You're been right. an old team. This is not news. So the fact that they're that they're getting injured at positions like with Teixeira, with A-Rod, with uh, Pettit or whatever, I mean, you can't be relying on a 41-year-old pitcher coming out of retirement and then be shocked when he's hurt. I know I, I know he broke a bone or whatever, but he's, you know, if it wasn't that, it was going to be something else. You can't be surprised and lean on a 41-year-old guy coming out of retirement. No, it's short-sighted. Or a 37-year-old A-Rod who's completely breaking down. Or a 32-year-old Teixeira who's bound to get injured. I mean, these guys don't play 160 games anymore. But he's 32. He's not 38. I think he's 32. He may be older than that. But I'm just saying, there's a lot of mileage there, Cal. There's a lot of mileage. mileage. But it it, it wasn't unreasonable to expect him to play most of the season. No, but if he's hurt and he misses a couple of weeks, you can't be surprised. No, the 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 idea is this to me that you you it's all about starting pitching, right? It comes back to starting pitching, and CC Sabathia, who's gone on the DL twice this year, which he's never done before, okay, and has come back and has been mediocre. 
And if you're running, you know, Corota uh, uh, out there, he's your main guy, or, or you know, they, they, their pitching, their starting pitching has not been good enough. And if that lineup goes into any sort of a slump, which it has, because A-Rod's been out, because Teixeira's been out, because Cano's been uh, ice cold, because, you know, the outfield has been useless, because Swisher winds up in a 9 for 52 or something like that, then you're, then you're going to lose games. They could always out-hit their pitching, Cal. Right. They can always out-hit. If their three, four, five starters were mediocre, they could always out-hit it. And they can, and it's caught up with them. The other thing I think that's fascinating about this is that the Orioles have no fear of them. No fear. That's true. Which is, a, is that took time to happen for the Rays. It has happened on a dime with the Orioles. Well, you know why? They're, because they're a young team that, that really doesn't know better. You know? But there's there's, guys, no, there's guys on that team, Cal, that have been getting the crap beat out of them by the Yankees for years. How? Who? For years? Mar- besides Marcakis. Marcakis, Adam Jones. Yeah, you know. He's only been a couple of years, Adam Jones. It's still three years over they're dominating them, Cal. Yeah. Well. They go 13-5. and five. They go 14-3. and three. You know, they've killed them. I just, I, I'm just surprised at how quickly that happened. It, I... Um, I am, and I'm also surprised if they've hung around all season. With that starting pitching, so am I. Nobody ever expected this. But they're out hitting their pitching, and they have a fantastic bullpen. But they're not out hitting their pitching because they have scored less runs than they've given up. No, but you—that's—I know it's a weird stat, but you have to look at lopsided losses. You know what I mean? Like, you could have, like, the Mets at one time had, like, a winning record. I know they haven't sustained this. They had a winning record, and their run differential was, like, minus 20. Right. That's because they had an 18-5 to loss in there. That's right. I bet you can point to that Orioles schedule and find, like, three games where they got scored by, like, outscored by, like, 11-14. You know, there's a couple of blowouts in there where they got, you know, just crushed. But... They have to. I mean, who's that staff, Bry? In Baltimore, it's yeah. it's it's a can, bunch can, of no can, names. Yeah, can you name me the five starters? Well, I know Chen. <laughs> I couldn't give you his full name, unfortunately. Uh, uh, uh. <coughs> Excuse me, Zach Britton. Is Al Albuquerque pitching for them? <laughs> uh, that's a good one. It's a good one. It's funny. No, they they really they um. As we're sitting here talking, and, and you know, we're bemoaning the Yankees' lack of clutch hitting, right? That that's been part of their problem all season. Yes. The Yankees have scored five runs in the top of the eighth with two outs to tie the game. To tie the game, six-six. Wow. So, I, I mean, I will tell you, we're good. rumors of their demise are greatly exaggerated, as usual. You know? uh, I tell you what, we're good though. You see how we did that? All we have to do is start talking about them collapsing. Right. And, and, and here they come. They put up a five spot. Yeah, but that, that team has not won one game when trailing going into the ninth inning. Not one. The Yankees? Yep. I think they're, what are they, 0-46 or 0-47? I don't know that stat. They do not have one ninth inning comeback this season. Well. That's correct. Not one. Look, they got a lot of problems. That team has a lot of problems. Now, do you do they hold on to 
a playoff spot? No, to the East. <laughs> I mean, I think they they would have to go like, what do they have? Like, eighteen games left or something like that. Maybe, maybe twenty games left. They would have to go like, literally like ten and, or like five and fifteen or something like that to not what? take the playoffs. To miss the playoffs? Well, let's see. They are. That's not true. Tampa Bay is not in the playoffs. They're, they're the team that's on the outside looking in to the right. wild card. Right. They're seventy-five and sixty-two. The Yankees are seventy-seven and fifty-nine. So they're only two and a half up for a playoff spot. Oh wow. Yeah. So okay. It's it's not out of the realm of possibility that they can miss the playoffs. They've got a very easy schedule to finish the season though. Right, because the Red Sox are awful. They play the Red Sox. I think they play the Twins. And they play some. Their last ten games are against are against real cream puffs, as they say. Tomato cans. Yeah. <laughs> Bringing it up to see. Yeah, they finish with. Um, now a lot of them are on the road. Three in Minnesota. Right. Four in Toronto. Okay. And then they finish with uh, three at Yankee Stadium against the Red Sox. I tell you what, Toronto does mash in that ballpark. But with nothing to play for? Nothing to play for but spoiling the Yankee season. Uh, that's something to play for, Cal. I don't know. I think that might that might be a little overrated. How? I think. I don't know. I just I, I feel like if you have checked out for the season Right. Are you really gonna you're really gonna get up for a Yankee? I mean, what I could see is you may find yourself in a position where you could be like you go into the game like, eh, I'm playing the Yankees. But then you get to like the sixth or seventh inning, and it's a one-run game, and then maybe you, you you get up for the last couple innings to try to win that game. But I the intensity level is not there. You don't think? Start to, not from start to finish. I, I I think that that's overplayed. You remember the Marlins in '07, right? Yeah, but there was something that was because they hated the Mets and Jose Reyes and all of their antics. Yes. But um, I, I, I absolutely, and Jose Reyes started a fight on the second to last game of the season, which was genius. Um, and yeah, uh, but the Yankees, the Yankees, as currently constituted, are not they're they're not hateable. Oh, per se. they're always going to be hateable. No, you, you you don't look. You're a Yankee hater. Air quotes. You're a Yankee hater. You're always going to hate the Yankees. But but when you when it gets down to it, there's really not a lot of guys on that team that you that you hate that you get up to try to. I, I want to shove it in his face. Other than the, other than the two biggest ones in the major leagues, besides Swisher and A Rod. Yeah. Other than the two most hated, disrespected players in the major leagues. Well, I, I thought AJ Pruszynski was in there too. AJ Pruszynski is always in <laughs> tight three. Right. The people don't care for AJ. It changes the day of the week. But I, 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 I could see the I could see the Blue Jays getting up to try to in their home ballpark, getting up to try to knock off the Yankees. I I, I would not discount that possibility. I don't see it. Very young team. They got a lot of Turks on that team. A lot of punks. Hmm. I, I don't. That's not accurate. But I, I'm just saying of, they, they have a lot of young guys. Young Turks. Yeah. Street toughs. Street toughs. <laughs> <laughs> Ne'er do wells. You don't want to wear the ribbon. 
Remember that? Platform? Yes. Uh, <laughs> uh, was that the George was accosted? Yes. 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 Kramer didn't want to wear the ribbon. You don't want to wear a ribbon? <laughs> Why doesn't he want to wear a ribbon? I love how they get bringing that guy back, too. Like, always just to be angry at Kramer. Yeah. 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 Um, um, that's just, the genius of Seinfeld, was the, yeah. those uh, ancillary recurring characters. So the callbacks, yeah. Yeah, fantastic. I but think, I, I think what's gonna, I'm sorry, I think what's going to happen is that the Yankees are going to, they might slip a little bit in the next couple of weeks, maybe put a scare in everybody, maybe fall a game or two out. But those last 10 games, I think they're going to be able to make up that ground again and find their way into a playoff spot. If not the division, certainly a wild card spot. A game or two out? Really? You could see that happening? They're a game They're a game ahead right now. If they lose, they're tied. Oh, I thought they were two out. No, they're one game up on Baltimore, two and a half oh, up right, on Tampa. Right, 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 right. Yeah, I guess you could see it. Of course, you know, with the five-run inning and all, yeah, I they mean, should be just fine. What what is your advice to the Yankee fan as a Met fan who's been through two uh, uh, devastating collapses? Uh, what is your advice? What are you, what are you telling your Yankee fan friends it, besides making fun of them and laughing at them behind their back because you can't do it to their face. yeah no you don't want to do it to their face no that's rude uh, what you tell them is that uh, by Thanksgiving you're pretty much over it. <laughs> And then you start signing free agents, and then you look forward to next year. But, you know, for the next six weeks after the season, it's just not fun. It's awful. And it doesn't—it never gets easier either. So if, if you find yourself to have the misfortune of doing this again next year, don't feel like, ah, well, I'll be okay because I did it last year. It's just it never, it's never easy. Well, th- this is also uh, a fan base who does have, and I'm just saying here, does have the largest collapse in the history of playoffs, uh, you know, in, in the history of Major League Baseball. I mean, the only three nothing comeback ever. That 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 gets glossed over quite often. What do you think is more devastating? They don't wear that scar very much, N- or well at all, or well because it's what you- there. <laughs> it's like a deformed person. Like you don't. They just they try to go about their life like they're normal, and yeah. there's nothing wrong with them. But clearly it's there, and everybody sees it, and they're just, you know, maybe that's their way of dealing with it. I, don't, I shouldn't have said deformed person. That's 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 a little rough. Yeah. That's a little like naming another kid after, and, boy, we're dark tonight. That's like a, if, it, if the kid is wearing an ugly outfit that his parent picked out for school, everybody knows the outfit's ugly. And everybody knows the kid had nothing to do with it. Kid had nothing to do with it. I, I what's what's worse the or what should you feel uh, much like the goaltender in Slapshot? You feel shame. What what's worse the '07 collapse for the Mets or the '04 collapse for the Yankees? Hmm. Well, I think there was a lot more on the line in '07. I mean, really? in, I mean, in 04, in 04, yeah. the Yankees. There's a lot more on the line. Of course. The 07 collapse was just so drawn out and protracted that it was the cumulative effect of the two weeks was just was brutal. With the Yankees, it was pretty quick. It was done in five days. I Totally. You I know? Yeah. 
No, but, but but then you add in the fact that it was the Red Sox of all teams to do it to them. That's awful. It's really difficult because we, you know, we obviously we would think that the Yankee one was worse. The Yankee fans would think that the Mets one is worse. And the manner in which they did it. You know what I mean? Like the manner in which the Red Sox, you know, like what did they lose that game three? Like nineteen to two. Or something like that. Like they were, and then they right, and then they had to come back against Mariano and the Robert stolen base, and right, you know, that that series was over. That's right. I I boy, you know what you know what you you make the point of though is what it did to the Mets. Well, it's I mean, so like long term effect. They still haven't recovered six years <laughs> that's, later. That's correct. That's why the Met fan wears it more. You know, the Yankees came back and won a World Series after that. Eventually. Five years later. Five years later. But they made the playoffs the next year. Every year but one after that. That's correct. Right. right. The Mets have not recovered even remotely in in five years. No. And no sign. And none. Of, of that happening. <laughs> hey, do they, you have time uh, real quick to give me your Cano right thing or we'll do that another time? Uh, we could come back to the Cano right thing because we have uh, Caparoso. Okay. Uh, so I want to I want to get to him, and uh, let's give him the Rocky montage training music. I think that's good. I just want to hear it. I'll be honest with you. I I started playing uh, orchestral theme songs for Wesley Cal. Yeah. Like Star Wars. The theme from Star Wars. A lot of John Williams stuff. How did he respond to that? Loved it. Really? Then, of course, I sat him down and played The Natural, the theme from The Natural. But that was like, we had to take a little time with that. Because there's a great right. video on YouTube that has like all pictures of baseball players while it's playing. And every time Ruth comes up, I have to say, respect it, but dislike him. Yeah, don't force it, though. It's too, too soon. <laughs> Uh, we're going to bring this guy in. We're going to welcome this guy to the podcast. His name is Joe Caparoso. He is the editor-in-chief of a website called TurnOnTheJets.com. And uh, he has been it's a Jets blog. He's been doing killer stuff there. And before we bring him in, we're going to mention that uh, his segment and this episode is brought to you by Blue Haven Sports Bar Cal. Blue Haven NYC, uh, down there in Greenwich Village, uh, www.bluehavennyc.com. Check it out. Uh, they will have all the games on Sunday, a 15-foot high def screen, 15 TVs, uh, beer specials, 100-ounce Coors Light and Bud Light. I'm thinking Joe might want one of those. Um, so go check out uh, Blue Haven NYC. It's a great sports bar. If you're going to watch the games this Sunday, you got to go. You got to do it. Uh, they're awesome down there. The food is fantastic. It's a sports bar for adults, sports bar for grown-ups, a sports bar you won't be embarrassed to take your girlfriend to, or your wife, or whatever, your guma, whoever you take. We're not going to say that. We're, we don't judge. Whoever you take there. It's all right. PJ's mic has been cut off, by the way. So he's not allowed to say what he said left. All right, here he is. Uh, Joe Caparoso, welcome to the program, Joe. Hey, guys. Uh, thanks for having me. Ah, you have a nice radio voice. Okay, good. Fantastic. I appreciate that. 
Uh, so, Joe, we wanted to have you on. Cal and I have been dying to have you on the show because uh, for a couple of reasons. And we're going to get right to stuff because I know your time is limited. Uh, and I tend to be a little bit of uh, what the Italians call a gacchiaron. So, uh, but we want to have you on the show. We've been quoting you for weeks. We've been talking about the stuff that you uh, and the boys and maybe girls, or is it just boys over there? Uh, it's just boys on staff at the moment. All right. Uh, but talking about what you guys are writing over there at turnonthejets.com, uh, great material every day. It just really, honestly, knocking it out of the park. Cal and I have been sending the articles back and forth to each other. Did you see what he did today? Um <laughs> Before we get to the one you wrote today, which is is, is really uh, sort of prescient and is getting a lot of buzz in the Twitter sphere, how did you? Uh, is this the first year of Turn on the Jets, or or did you start it last year? Um, no, actually, Turn on the Jets was a part of the uh, now defunct uh, Fanball Sports Network, um, which was around about three years ago. Basically, they had a network uh, set up with a blog for every NFL team, NHL, NBA, and uh, baseball. And the network basically went down about two years ago. They gave me the option to, you know, buy it to the domain and keep running the site on my own because it was doing well, which I did at that point. So really I've been, you know, running it on my own the past about two and a half years, I think. And then really in the last year we've grown, we've really added to the writing staff. You know, Chris and Mike have came on board and really added a lot along with uh, TJ. And then we have Rob hopping on in season two. So we, we really have a good solid six-person writing staff uh, for the 2012 season. Well, Joe, the stuff that you're doing is, is is really great. And like Steve says, we've been talking about it today. We said the article that you posted today about the uh, the clown show or the so-called clown show that is the Jets. And we want to get to the what you wrote in the article. But just off the top, the, the perception of the Jets this year is that they could be anywhere from a four-win team to a 9 or 10 win team. Most people are, are kind of leaning towards under 500 for this team. Give give me, as you see it right now, you're, you're pretty positive, put a pretty positive spin on the Jets' forecast this year. Give me the one thing off the top of your head that you think will make the Jets a better than 500 team this year. I think it's the combination of their defense and the schedule that they're playing, and particularly with the schedule that they're playing, the quarterbacks that they're facing this year. If you look at the number of rookie quarterbacks they're playing, the number of inexperienced quarterbacks they're playing, and then even the experienced quarterbacks they're playing are guys they've had success with. You know, the best quarterbacks they're playing against this year, Matt Schwab, Matt Schaub, the 2-0 against since Rex Ryan took over. Philip Rivers, the 2-0 against since Rex Ryan took over. Even Brady, they've beaten, you know, three times since Rex Ryan has taken over. Once you get past those guys, you're looking at Wayne Gabbard, Sam Bradford, John Skelton, Russell Wilson, Andrew Luck. Those guys, young quarterbacks, have a tough time going against a defense as complex as Rex Ryan's. Yeah, you, you did some – Joe, you've done some stuff, uh, and you and, and the writers there, uh, that uh, is really awesome, and I'll tell you why. They're – Cal and I and a couple of our other Jet friends, like every day we're in a, uh, a little chat room that we have on our iPhones or whatever in like WhatsApp and stuff. And like we're just talking about the Jets or the Yankees or the Mets or whatever. And you guys have seemed to capture um, a lot of what we're talking about before we talk about it or, or as we're talking about it. And then I'll go to uh, turnonthejets.com and I'll see an article about it that day. You've done it a couple of times. One, the, the, the point you just brought up, uh, about the quarterbacks that the Jets play, which, by the way, got picked up nationally. I mean, it really did. Like, I saw it, all of a sudden, I saw it, like, on Bleacher Report or whatever. Like, 
a lot of that stuff, uh, a lot of the stuff you guys are doing, the, the idea that the uh, – we love this one. And this is spot on. The idea that good teams that are built around certain things uh, load up at those positions. And they load up with depth. And that's one of your – uh, that's one of been one of your calls, like all off season, about how they didn't. The Jets are supposed to be a ground and pound team. Didn't load up at running back. Uh, you know, need receivers. They don't load up there. Like the Patriots sign every tight end that becomes available, literally. Like if Mickey Shuler came out of retirement tomorrow, they would sign Mickey Shuler and bring him in for a workout. You know, because, I don't doubt that they would. <laughs> right, because their offense is based around the tight end. It's based around tight end play, and and the, the Packers with receivers. How is it that you guys are jumping on these stories? Is it just you guys BS in the morning and like, you know what's interesting to me, and you write about it, or? You know, it's I, I don't can't put my finger on exactly what it is. I think, you know, we have very good interaction, you know, with the fan base through Twitter and through Facebook, and, you know, we think we have a good pulse of what, you know, what's bothering Jet fans and what Jet fans are talking about. And the point that you're bringing up is something that, I've and all of us have really harped on all, all our season, in which we've been, you know, I'm not going to lie, very critical of Mike Tannenbaum because I love that the Jets have a defined identity and, you know, we want to run the ball, we want to play defense, we want to be this ground and pound. That's fine, but if that's going to be your identity, strengthen it. So, you know, you look at a team like the Packers. They don't have a shortage of wide receivers because they're going to throw the ball. Same thing with New Orleans. No shortage of wide receivers because they're going to throw the ball. They didn't need a receiver. They still went and signed Greg Camarillo because, you know what, they, they know they're going to be in four or five wide sets and throwing the ball over the field. The Giants, they're going to rush the passer. They're drafting defensive end and defensive linemen every year. They're signing them every year. Then you look at the Jets. You're saying, we want to run the ball maybe more than any team in the NFL. And what is your depth chart at running back? You have Sean Green, who is an average to slightly above average back. Fine, he's your starter. He can handle 250, 300 carries hopefully, throughout the season. If he rolls an ankle, you have the worst depth chart of running backs in the NFL. You have your number two back is Bilal Powell, who had 20 yards last year. You know, has never done anything in a regular season game. That's only, that's, so only, uh, that's only 20 more than me. I'm not even on the team. Yeah, exactly. So you guys, <laughs> he's proven nothing in the NFL. He did not look good in a regular season last year. Behind him, you have Joe McKnight, who cannot stay healthy and has maybe 150 career rushing yards. And how many of them have been meaningful? So you didn't, why not go get a Ryan Grant? Why not go get a Cedric Benson? Why not have somebody who, if Sean Green goes down, could take 20 carries and was ran for 1,000 yards in a season before? Instead of if Sean Green rolls an ankle this Sunday against Buffalo and he's out three weeks, what are you supposed to do then? You're going to just start giving Blau Powell 25 carries again when he had right. eight carries last season? And, Green, and, and Green's never been healthy, too. Go ahead, Cal. No, no, Joe. That's that's the question, Joe. Why, 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 why the reluctance on on the part of Tannenbaum to go out and and provide depth to this team? You know, we talk about it a lot. That there's there's kind of like this underlying arrogance with this group, this this management group, and it's almost like winning for them is not enough. They want to win, and they also want to take credit for the players that they put out there. So it's almost like. In my opinion, and, and tell me what you think, Tannenbaum doesn't want to bring anybody else in because he built this team. This is the team that he built, and they're going to win with this team. And when they win, he's going to get the credit for it, like Belichick gets up in New England. What do you think about that? I, mean, I think there has to be an element of that in, in his decision-making because he's got to be looking at it and saying, you know what, 
two years ago, I drafted Joe McKnight in the fourth round. I traded Leon Washington for him. Last year, I took Bilal Powell in the fourth round. I'm, take, I'm spending mid-round picks on these guys. They have to play and perform, even though it's looking like, you know, these picks might not have been the wisest decision. Certainly, McKnight hasn't contributed anything offensive. John Connor is an average at best fullback. I'm not even sure if he merits a roster spot. Really, realistically, to really look at it. Yeah, but he's still playing because you're spending these mid-round picks on these players, and he seems adamant sticking to playing them. And he, he has this very stubborn approach that we even see a tight end. The Jets are going to get a tight end this week. This is a running team. They had Dustin Teller, who's hurt and is you know questionable could be a game-time decision. Behind him, you have Jeff Cumberland, who's a wide receiver. He's not a tight end. If you ever watched him try to block, he's a wide receiver. A very average player. And then you don't go address the blocking tight end position when there were plenty of options out there. So you're just going to throw out an extra tackle, which completely gives away your tendency when, you know, Jason Smith's not going to run a pass route. The tackle, a bad tackle at that, never mind the tight end. It's like, what, why, why does Mike Tannenbaum think he's that much smarter than the rest of the league? If Cedric Benson is good enough to get signed by Green Bay, he's good enough to play for the Jets. Why ignore yeah. running back? Why ignore blocking tight ends? The, the other thing is, in addition to Tannenbaum, do you think that this coaching staff, starting with Rex Ryan, has a little bit of this you, – arrogance is, is not the right word. You, you have the best word. It's called stubbornness. Do you think they have the stubbornness that they, they feel like they can coach anybody up and they can just take whatever Tannenbaum gives them and coach them up to the level of being successful on this team? I mean, I don't think Rex Ryan lacks confidence. I think he might have that more on the defensive side of the football. I think he feels like he can take any – anyone with any discernible talent on defense and turn them into a productive player similar to how they did with Aaron Mapin last year. I think offensively, you know, I don't know if his mindset has truly shifted all the way to being, hey, I'm the head coach. I have to get as invested in the offense as I do in my defense. Because offensively, and I think even Rex has kind of danced around this and alluded to this in some recent interviews, the Jets, you know, really didn't do anything to improve their offenses. You know, this offseason, they, they're kind of, they're taking a flyer that Stephen Hill is going to be able to contribute as a rookie. We don't know exactly what Debo is going to bring to the offense. Hopefully he kind of functions as their backup running back and really their second rushing option because they need that. But really they're kind of rolling with what they had last year. They're just kind of banking on Tony Sperano, who has a vision somewhat similar to Rex Ryan, you know, how they want to play football, that his coaching is going to improve. But really not address right tackle this offseason and give Wayne Hunter that, that guaranteed money. Just an, it's an egregious mistake. I mean, I think anyone who watched film saw how poorly he was last year. So why compound that mistake by not being able to evaluate your own talent and evaluate your own players and, you know, doubling down on Wade Hunter and paying him again to come back this year? Yeah, but that's, I mean, that's the thing, too, right? I, I, and and I, Cal and I have talked about it a lot, uh, in, uh, you know, on the show. The, the idea that Rex, you know, Rex can never say enough good things about his coaching staff. I got the best coaching staff in the world. I got the best, these guys, I know I'm a great coach because they, you know, because of the coaching staff around me. I feel like they are so, first of all, they talk up the players so much that they can't admit a mistake. I mean, that's why it took so long to get rid of Wayne Hunter. It's not the only reason, but it's a reason why it took so long to get rid of Wayne Hunter. Because how many guys had to come out and say, oh, you know, like uh, D. Jermo, they're going to drag me out of the building. You know, uh, I'll be I'll be dead if he's not the starting right tackle. Well, he's not the starting right tackle. You know, they talk yeah. up players so much that when it's clear that the guy can't play. I mean, Cal said this the other day 
uh, or I should say last week, and it's a great point. They have no leverage with Revis, none, because they, they can't shut up about how great he is. You know, at some point, you have to stop talking up these players because you back yourself into a corner. And it's the same thing with the coaches. Stop talking up your coaches so much because you back yourself up into a corner and you make it seem like, hey, we can coach up anywhere. Bring us Jason Smith. We'll fix him too. You know what I mean? Bring us, you know, we can get by with Bilal Powell. We think that Bilal, he was a slow starter at Louisville, but he's going to be fine. Enough. You know, sign proven depth. Proven NFL players. You can't coach up everybody, you know. And it gets it gets very frustrating. I I was uh, flying the Braylon Edwards flag, as Cal will attest to, uh, pretty pretty high, uh, because I I really want I wanted them to sign Braylon Edwards in the first place instead of San Antonio Holmes. Um, but I really wanted them to at least bring him in for a workout. Do you think that? So they didn't. They haven't done anything on the offense, as you mentioned. Do you think that, as constituted, it's true that they have not set up Mark Sanchez to – and now you're a big Sanchez guy. I'm a big Sanchez guy. Kyle's a big Sanchez guy. Not as big as me, but pretty big. Do you think they have not set up Mark Sanchez to succeed? I mean, I think if you look at the way – and Mike, honestly, wrote a very good article about this. I mean, textbook on how not to develop a young quarterback is really what Sanchez has kind of been dragged through these last three years, particularly this past <laughs> Right. First off, he's changing the guy's top three receivers every single year. He starts out, he's got Chancey Stucky and Jericho Cotter. Then you trade for Braylon Edwards. Great. Then you come back the next year. Now Stucky's gone. Now you have Holmes, Edwards, and Cotter. Then you part ways with Cotter. You part ways with Holmes. Now you're looking at Derek Mason and Plaxico Burst. Now it's another year, and now it's Stephen Hill and Jeremy Curley. How is he supposed to develop chemistry and grow if he's constantly changing his top, you know, two or three targets on offense? And, you know, this year, I mean, again, you double down on Sanchez. You guarantee the money. You, you know, you back him publicly. He's going to be your starting quarterback. And then all you do is just create a huge headache for him and a huge media circus by bringing in Tebow when really – you say Sanchez is my guy. I'm giving him the money. Let's protect him. Let's go get him. Let's go get Eric Winston. Let's go get him a, a right tackle that's going to protect him. Let's spend our money there. Let's shore up our receiving court. Let's make sure we have a proven veteran to mentor Stephen Hill for the first eight nine weeks of the season. That way, Hill has time to grow. And he doesn't have pressure of coming in and having seven eight targets in his first couple of games when he's going to be dropping passes and running the wrong route. It's a tough situation for Sanchez. I think he's admitted as much. There's not that much talent around him. And that's why I think when people are harshly, you know, critical on him, you know, look at the talent around this guy, and he still managed to win games, and especially this year. You know, if he puts up any semblance of decent numbers with a very, very average supporting cast around him, no really proven, true, explosive playmakers outside of San Antonio Holmes is going to be seeing all kinds of double coverage, you know, still until Stephen Hill proves himself. You have to... You know, give Sanchez the benefit of the doubt. I mean, he's going to have to protect the ball. He's going to have to hit his shots when, you know, when the Jets do take a shot down the field. He's going to have to hit it, but the Jets certainly haven't made it easy on him. I, I think we can agree that after his first two seasons taking him to the AFC Championship game, he probably regressed a little bit last year. But a lot of that, we really believe, has has to do with Brian Schottenheimer. And I think... Sanchez, at the very least, whether Tebow's here or not, 
he's at least owed another season, this fourth season of his career, with a new offensive coordinator, with a new system that's kind of fit more to his strengths. And I, I just don't think that he's getting a fair shake, much, much like the rest of the team, Rex Ryan and, and everybody. I don't think they're getting a fair shake from, from the critics because we don't know what we're going to see out of this team. You know, they, they scored one touchdown in the preseason. But that's not indicative of what we're going to see. We don't know what we're going to see. So what do you think, come Sunday against Buffalo, what do you think we're going to see out of this team? What, what kind of offense do you see them running with Sanchez? I mean, it, it is very tough to say because Tebow and how they're going to use him remain so, so in the dark and such kind of an X factor. I do think that we, in terms of week one, feel very good about them going against Buffalo. I think they've played very well against Buffalo ever since Rex Ryan's taken over. They've really actually dominated them pretty thoroughly. I think you'll see that particularly on the defensive end because the Jets know how to stop that offense. They're, you know, The way they play completely takes Ryan Fitzpatrick out of his game, and I think they'll play well defensively. Now, offensively, you know, how are they going to attack them? I think especially with a banged-up Dustin Keller, especially you're starting a rookie receiver in Stephen Hill, you have – you know, a questionable right tackle in Austin Howard going against, you know, Mario Williams and Mark Anderson. I think you're going to see a lot of Sean Green. I, I'd be shocked if he did not have at least, you know, 20, 25 carries. And, you know, with Green, you're giving him the 20 carries. You're hoping he gets you, you know, 80, 85 yards. And, you know, he's moving the chains, protecting the ball. And then I think off that, you know, you're going to see, you know, safe throws from Sanchez, play action, short passes, maybe a shot down the field here or there, but this is going to be a conservative game plan. I think, you know, Tebow's role on Sunday, I think we'll see him in short yardage. I think we'll see him maybe around the goal line. I don't think we're going to see him throwing any passes. I think maybe he comes out, you know, three to five carries, maybe plays on the field for maybe eight to ten snaps total, but ultimately this is going to be the kind of game that I'm looking for the Jets to win something 20 to 10, 17 to 13, which I think we're going to see a lot of this year. I got I got a couple of things, and we'll get into the game in a minute and the season going forward as well. Um, but uh, I do want to – well, come back to that. I know you only have a couple of minutes. But as far as this game goes or as far as what the offense is going to be as well, just to add to that, in, uh, I, I think that there's going to – there was something very interesting to me when they had the Wildcat practice that uh, the media was allowed to watch, Joe – and one of the some of the tweets you saw from the media people who were sworn to secrecy, which by the way every team does, but that's okay. It's the Jets. Um, you know, like like Brian Costello, for example, who the next day all of a sudden were like, "Hey, maybe this." You know, I'm not saying anything about what I saw, but this might work, or this might be effective. I'm of the opinion that they are going to do. And and look, I did not want Tebow as any I, I the guy who wrote the Esquire article, I think it was Esquire, right? Was it GQ? Esquire? That he was on the cover of or whatever? I think it was yeah, GQ. Yeah, yeah. GQ. GQ. Yeah. That that guy summed me up. I don't want to like him. If they win a Super Bowl, I'll Tebow next to him. But other than that, I don't like the guy. But the I think that there's something good to be mined there for this offense. I think that uh, whether – I don't think it's going to be a pure wildcat. I don't think it's going to be a pure single option uh, you know, or option read. 
I think it's going to be a combination of the two, and I think it's something that can develop into a weapon. Uh, but that being said, which is one of my favorite things to say, I think your article, you guys had a, a post about how the defense is going to need to carry this team for a couple of games, you know, for the first five games of the season. And maybe you get to three and two in there until the offense hits its stride. I think the off. I think this offense can hit its stride. I think if Stephen Hill gets his feet under him, he can play that Braylon Edwards role from two years ago. Open up things over the top. Let Santonio San Holmes see more single coverage on the short stuff underneath. Because you know, and if you don't double Stephen Hill deep, hey, there's one route that you don't need to relearn as a pro. It's called a fly. Okay, so if so if if you have to send them deep every play and make sure that they give over the top hop, uh, over the top help eventually, I mean, maybe you can do that. I think there's some talent there. My question to you is, do you think the defense can carry them for those five or six games until the offense finds its legs? Well, I think when you look at their schedule, I think that there's some hope. I think a lot of people have looked at the Jets' schedule and said, hey, they're going one and four. They're going to pull the plug on Sanchez. That's where the disaster is coming from. And, you know, at a, at a cursory glance of the schedule, it's understandable. They have, they have a very tough opening five games anyway you slice it. But when you look at it a little closer, you're saying, all right, we have Buffalo at home. We played very well against Buffalo. Particularly defensively, we really beat up on Ryan Fitzpatrick and Fred Jackson and all these guys the past couple of years. We, too, you go to Pittsburgh. Never easy to play in Pittsburgh, but the Jets actually match up very well with them defensively. You have two vertical receivers in Antonio Brown and Mike Wallace. The Jets are built to stop them. You put Revis on Antonio Brown, you put Cromartie on Mike Wallace, and you yep. send as much as you can at Roethlisberger with a very questionable offensive line. And isn't it isn't it time that the, the that the Steelers sucked? I mean, isn't it time? It's actually we... they're more than due for it. <laughs> are we ready for the Steelers to have that six and ten year? I mean, isn't it time? And, and you know what, the Jets. You know, the Jets have played there and won there. They did lose the AFC Championship here, obviously, but they won in December in Pittsburgh. So, you know, Sanders is comfortable playing there. He played well both games there. And then you go to week three, you're playing a rookie quarterback in Miami. I think Miami's one of the five or six worst teams in the league this year. Um, you take advantage of that. And then you're coming back home to play Houston and San Francisco, arguably two of the five best teams in the league going into the season. But both games are at home. you got San Francisco coming across the country with an average quarterback at best. The Jets could obviously match up with San Francisco on the outside with their quarterbacks. And then you look at Houston, again, Houston is a very tough matchup. There's no denying they're a very good team. They're almost built the way the Jets want to be built because they have a great defense. they got two big-time running backs who run the ball. They have a vertical threat, obviously, with Andre Johnson. But, again, Jets are playing in there. The Jets have played well against Houston, you know, since Rex Mine has taken over, since, you know, Schaub and Andre Johnson have been big factors at 2-0 and against them. So there's going to be some confidence in those games. Where if the Jets can get out of that first five at three and two, wow, the schedule definitely gets really, really soft after that. They actually don't play another team who made the playoffs last year outside of New England the rest of the year. And that's why I think there's reason for optimism of them being a, a nine, maybe ten-win team and right in the mix for a wild card. Joe, last thing for me, uh, the media has, has, has been all over this team nonstop since, since last season. They don't seem to give the team a break. Um, it, it's from, a, of course, from a jet fan, jet fan perspective, it's unfair. But what do you think this team needs to do to kind of call off the dogs here with the media and to get them to back off a little bit? Um, 
you talk about getting off to a good start. How good a start do they have to be, do they have to get off to, to kind of just, you know, mute this narrative of, of it being such a negative atmosphere around there? I mean, they're going to need an attention-grabbing win in their first five. Beating Buffalo, beating Miami is not going to turn any heads. It's not going to be an attention-grabbing win. Beating Pittsburgh and Pittsburgh or beating Houston or San Francisco, if they win one of those three games, that that's the kind of win that will turn some heads and say, wait a minute, you know, everybody has Houston and San Francisco penciled in as a Super Bowl contender, a Super Bowl team, Pittsburgh's Pittsburgh. You win a game like that, you get a little confidence going, and it, it has to silence some critics because those are three games that everybody will pick the Jets to lose. They'll be unanimous underdogs. So if you go into a Pittsburgh and you win, when you beat San Francisco, you beat Houston on Monday night in front of the whole nation, that's the kind of thing that will wake people up and say, wait a minute, we forgot that. You know, this defense is pretty good. We forgot that outside of about 500 teams, no one's won more games than the Jets the past three years. We, we talk about them like they're Cleveland and Minnesota, but Jets have won 32 games over the past three years. It's only five teams who have won more games than them. And it's New England, Green Bay, Pittsburgh, and uh, Baltimore. They're not a bad group to be behind. Yeah, no, and you and that was the sort of the crux of of the great article that you wrote today on uh, TurnOnTheJets.com that that uh, Cal and I really really enjoyed and it's getting a lot of buzz and rightfully so, Joe. And and I I I read something like that and I say, oh, somebody you know another fan who's actually uh, you know with your blog and stuff actually gets it. Cal and I speculated something way back in like March uh, about this year uh, coming, and and you. You sort of talk about it uh, in this in the the post that you had today to the site, and really, honestly, if you're a Jet fan, you gotta go read it. Uh, I mean, it's 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 really like a calming influence. It's a nice cup of chamomile tea, like it's a calming influence <laughs> on the season. I really, but, I really appreciate that. <laughs> but you know, Cal and I said this, and and we really believe it. And I I would love to get your take on it because Brian Bassett uh, from the Jets blog agreed with us. It almost doesn't matter what they say anymore. Literally, as a team, it doesn't matter what they actually say in their interviews or their press conferences or whatever because the media has decided what the narrative is going to be and they shoehorn everything in. Cal says it perfectly. It's work, right? You work backwards, right, Cal? It's Right. You, you, you decide what the narrative is. And then you take all of the information that you've been given and you fit it into that rather than let the story develop and then report on it. Yeah, and and, and, and there's a negative narrative uh, that surrounded this team since the, the last game of the season in Miami and since really before that. But, you know, Rex Ryan didn't guarantee the Super Bowl. I watch – Joe, I watch every press conference. I mean, I, I, I crack up at how these reporters, especially the beat guys, you know, write their stories. I mean, I just watch the press conference and then I see what they're tweeting and what they're writing. I'm like, wait a minute, he didn't say that. Like, that's not, that's not what he said. Like, put it in context. No. It's and it's one thing. It, yeah. right, it's one thing to I, rail against the media, but I I really feel that there's a negative narrative that has surrounded this team for eight months, and the media shapes the perception. Yeah, I mean, this is what sells. It, it sells painting the Jets as this headline-grabbing, dysfunctional, animal house atmosphere which stands in contrast to the you know, the proper and the classy and the right way to do things, Giants. And, you know, Giants won the Super Bowl, so what are you going to say? They, they, that's fine. But 
when you're talking about the Jets, it, it's, this is what we want to paint them as. Santonio Holmes, bad guy. Anything that can ever be skewed to fit that, that's where it's going. Anything that's going to be positive involving him, anything that he didn't know offseason that can be put in a positive light, doesn't fit that narrative of him being this bad guy, horrible team cancer. Can't, can't really write about it, can't give it attention. Rex Ryan, you know, he's a big clown. He, he has no idea what he's doing. He's over his head. Next year he's going to be hosting, you know, inside the NFL. He's going to be out of the job next year. It, right. You know, no perspective on, you know, the games he's won, no perspective on winning a playoff game in New England in, you know, in January, no perspective on beating Peyton Manning in the playoffs with terrific defensive game plans that, you know, if John Harbaugh came up with that game plan, we'd still be hearing about it every single day from every mainstream NFL writer out there. But, right. you know, Rex, you know, doesn't get that. It's just, what, what did he say that might kind of sound like a guarantee? What did he say that, you know, might be inflammatory? Let's get that quote out there. Here go the Jets again, you know, being a clown, being crazy, the, you know, the, the animal house atmosphere again. And it seems like they can't escape it. I mean, you, you know, how it is in New York, unless you win, unless they win and get back in the playoffs and make some noise, it's going to follow them around. Yeah, I, I, I tell you know, my, my brother is, who's a big Jet fan too, and, and he said something that I thought was really funny, you know, really interesting about this idea that, uh, you know, how many arrests did the Jets have this past off season? You know, how many did the Giants have? You know, I, I think it's one nothing Giants. How many hazing incidents caught on camera? Yeah, how many how many racial epithets you know tossed at second year players? That's you know I, I mean again they, they we're told over and over and again. You know, Vaccaro wrote, uh, wrote an article about it this week about how the Jets just need to look down the hallway to see how they should behave. And you know what? Well, they could look down the hallway and see a, a guy who got arrested for a DUI uh, who was on the cover of their paper, you know, or the, or, or like, you know headlining picture in the in their paper the other day. You know, they can look down and see a hazing incident with a second-year player, by the way. So if you're going to tell me there's not personal things going on there, that's ridiculous. But it's okay for the Giants to toss out racial epithets. That's fine. Could you imagine if that was Bart Scott? Oh, my God. He would have been around that town. Anybody <laughs> he would have been suspended. They would have been calling for a suspension. Right. You know, they, uh, but they weren't even hazing. They weren't even hazing. And all I'm saying is, like, it's not the Giants' fault. I, my brother's point was, you win, you can do whatever you want. You can do whatever. You, you can cheat at the game. You can cheat on your wife. You can do whatever you want. You know. But apparently, if you come out and say you think you're a great coach, that's no good. We can't have that. What if, you know, you know, what if San Antonio Holmes goes out in the season opener, drops three passes, and has a penalty? Uh, and he wrote a book the previous off season and was doing commercials at halftime of the game. You could, you know, you could see the, the Hollywood Jets embracing the distractions. Where's this guy's head at? And then I think Cruz said after the game, you know, he wasn't. They just weren't that focused. He wasn't that focused. That's why I dropped the passes. You know, <laughs> that same thing happens to Antonio Holmes or Stephen Hill. It's comes somehow comes back to Rex Ryan and somehow comes back to the whole atmosphere around the Jets. I, I I totally agree. And I think at this point, and, and, and again, this is back to that original point, I think it's a losing battle, Joe. I, I mean, you have a great tagline on your site about you know trying to civilize. What is it, civilize uh, the Jets? The mission is civilized New York Jets coverage. I pulled it from my newsroom on HBO. <laughs> right. The civilized New York Jets coverage. And you know what? It's uh, – oh, that's, that's – of course. I've been watching newsroom. Duh. Um, 
Uh, and and of course, he's a huge Jeff fan on that show. So they had me at hello, like in the first episode when his answer in that monologue is, uh, what's right with the United States? And he says the New York Jets. Exactly. And I'm like, thank you. Thank you, Aaron Sorkin. But uh, I also love that he's like dating New York Jets cheerleaders. Anyway. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I think it's past the point of no return. Like they, you know, somebody was talking about today the idea that ESPN is asking the Giants about what it's like to have, you know, be overshadowed by the Jets in your own town and blah, blah, blah. When ESPN was the guys who drove up their truck for Tebow week. Exactly. Like, like they actually did it. Like, it's getting meta at this point. Like, 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 wait a minute. You actually created what you're asking them about. Absolutely. You know? They're complaining about the lack of coverage the Giants get, and they're the ones who who provided the Right. Exactly. I mean, it's. Do you? I. I. I, I know you got to run. Do you think that this is uh, better? Better question. How much of this is Tebow? If they don't make this trade for Tebow, are, are we having this discussion? I, I mean, it's a great question. I think inevitably there would have been much less training camp coverage had they not brought back in Tebow. I mean, if you look at all the talking points and a lot of the articles coming out, there's so many of them based around Tebow and Tebow and Sanchez and Tebow did this and it's really mind boggling and it and it's really you see Jet fans they get again, they get a you know, stereotype of being these kind of you know, stupid, obnoxious people. They aren't stupid. They haven't blindly just born into this Tebow movement. That's why the Jets aren't selling out these games. That's why they have to lower ticket prices. This Tebow Tebow hasn't sold more seats to Jet fans because Jet fans don't buy it. Most Jet fans have watched Sanchez the past three years. They realize, hey, just support the guy. This guy can play. I've watched him make big plays. We didn't need the sideshow that comes with it. You know what? Now he's here. I, you know, is very against the trade. You know, he's on the Jets now. I'm rooting for him. What, you know, whatever. I want to see it make it work. I want to see them try it before I judge it. But the question is, is all that extra coverage going to be worth it for a guy who I think at the max is a very good number two running back for them, meaning that he's their second leading rusher. He's their you know guy who kind of ends up with the second most carries behind Sean Green because really they don't have anyone else to do that. I don't see him as anywhere near being a threat to a quarterback of Mark Sanchez. I don't think he starts a game this year, a quarterback, unless Sanchez gets hurt. So is all of this worth it if it works out and Sanchez you know had the best all season of his life because he was motivated and he has a great season? Maybe it was. I mean, that all remains to be seen. Well, Joe, listen, thanks so much for coming on with us tonight. You you do a great job over there at TurnOnTheJets.com. You provide a real nice balance to the mainstream media that, that we, we have to read every day. And, uh, you know, keep up the good work. And before I let you go, give give us your prediction for Sunday. What do you think? Uh, how do you think it ends up on Sunday against the Bills? I'm, I feel very good. I'm taking the Jets on Sunday. I think they win. I, I would say something like 20 to 10 is probably the final score I'm not going with. I think they'll, they'll be in control for most of the game, and I think it's a good matchup for them. I think they'll make a nice little statement against a team who many you know pundits are kind of saying is an ascending team in the division that will finish ahead of the Jets. And you know, a team that's never really beat the Jets or the Patriots. They're 1-7 the past two years against the two of them. So. I think the Jets will continue, you know, their trend of success against them and, you know, start out 1-0 and hopefully silence at least a couple of people in the process. Hope so. 
Awesome. And Joe, one last thing for me uh, before we let you go. And we'd love to have you on again, by the way. I mean, uh, you know, please come Absolutely. on during the season. And uh, one last thing for me, at a tailgate, are we doing chicken, cheese, and parsley, regular cheese and parsley, sausage? Are you uh, – wh- wh- what kind of meats are we going to see on a uh, a caparoso? Because, again, we just had San Pietro, Calvi, Cachopo, and Caparoso here. We could open up a deli, I mean, without a doubt. <laughs> Absolutely. It's, it's, or, uh, it sounds like a deli. I like it. Right, exactly. Or a law firm that no one would trust. So uh, – <laughs> But you know what's what's going on the grill at the Caparoso uh, tailgate? I think the main feature on the tailgate this weekend is going to be sausage and peppers. I think that's a reliable thing. You want to start with something safe week one. You know that that that's I think that's going to be the primary. Thing. We always end up getting some bits of chicken on there eventually, but really we're starting out with sausage and peppers. It always ends up being some kind of leftover sauce from during the week that ends up getting thrown in with the tailgate. Nice. And, uh, of course, by yep. the time you come home for the game, then it's freshly made Sunday gravy, and it's just a great day of eating. I'm getting excited about talking about it. <laughs> tell you what, I tell you what, you just—I mean, you had me at sausage and peppers. I mean, that's that's fantastic. <laughs> that's just—I mean, I, I think I think uh, Bishop uh, Pop Culture PJ, our producer and third and resident eater, is uh, is sitting on the other line salivating. He has a thing, so he he eats throughout the podcast. He really does. It's a uh, it's a problem. Can't fault him for it. No, exactly. Oh. You know, but he makes sausage and peppers. He makes nice. You do sausage and peppers nice, right, Peach? Are you there? Are you still Are you still with us, or have you eaten uh, yourself? He ran the- out to order a sandwich. <laughs> no, I, I'm here. I was protein loading. I, I actually I have two small sandwiches right now. I have uh, cold sausage and peppers, uh, very small. It's left over from lunch, and uh, I have a, a cold uh, chicken cutlet. Oh, nice. chicken cutlet. Nice. You, you, you go ketchup on there? When it's cold, yes. There, there you never go. when it's hot. I got my. I did that once. The, I never forget. My wife and I were married for about eight minutes, and my mother had come up and she made chicken cutlets. And of course, she made about two hundred and fourteen pounds because you know you have it nice. You put it in the fridge, and you have it. You know, yeah, you have it. You freeze it. You have it for lunch. She leaves them out cold. She put them. You know, she made chicken parmesan, whatever. And uh, I made a with white bread, you know, just Wonder Bread. I made like a chicken uh, cutlet, cold chicken cutlet sandwich, and I put American cheese and ketchup on there. You would have thought I, I mean, you would have thought I reinvented the wheel. Like what? Or not even that. Like what are you doing? Like I might as well put hot fudge on it. Like she was, she was uh, embarrassed. Embarrassed. This is what happens when you don't marry an Italian. That's, you know, she's got to learn quick, and I'm sure she learned after that day going forward. Yeah, you, you, you. That's right. You, uh, you married a, a. Are you married to a Patriots fan? Is that true, Joe? <laughs> well, I gotta tell you, I'm not married. Not nor am I close to being married. I am. Okay. I'm dating. A, I'm dating not a Patriots fan. I'm dating someone who's from New England. Who now at this point, not not a serious enough Patriots fan to the point where she sympathizes with the Jets now because she doesn't want to see. I think we can officially define her as a former Patriots fan. Yeah, I think she's came over the page, you know, the right side. She's wearing green and white now. Well, uh, you know, Joe, keep up the great work over there. You guys are doing a magnificent job. Seriously, it's one of the, it's, uh, the, the you know, we, we follow our teams by blogs now. That's how we do it. I mean, we still read the beat guys just to get pissed off, but we follow the teams. We get uh, and and I we really think that you know social media and blogs and stuff are where the new opinion makers uh, and stuff should be for teams because you are fans 
And so uh, we're loving the hell out of, out of the stuff you're writing, Joe. So please keep it up and come back on with us. Absolutely. I really appreciate all the kind words tonight. You know, I'll definitely pass them on to, you know, the staff as well. And, you know, any time throughout the season, I'd you know, be happy to come back and keep talking Jets with you guys. Awesome. Thanks, Joe. Be good. Thanks, all Joe. Right. Thanks. All right. So that was uh, uh, Joe Caparoso again from www.turnonthejets.com. Uh, they're doing fantastic work. They really are. Uh, that was great, Cal. I, I think we could do another. I could talk another hour to him. You know, we tend we tend to be effusive in our praise. I think we are, but I think it's I think it's it's sincere. It's legitimate, and and Joe and the guys over at TurnOnTheJets.com are doing. I mean, you really can't say enough good words about it. Right. You know, yeah. it really if if you. You said it best, Steve. If you're a Jet fan, this is a must-read for you because they're probably thinking the same thing that you're thinking. And that's what yeah. you want to hear. You, you want to go somewhere where you're going to read something that you're thinking and it kind of validates you. Like, okay, maybe the Post and the news are telling me that I'm crazy and telling me how I should feel as a Jet fan. But this guy, he is a Jet fan. He knows what he's talking about. And I'm not crazy. And that's what they do. They provide balance, and, and I think they do a great job. Yeah, a nice mix of X's and O's on there, too. I mean, he's, you know... They know the game. Yeah, they're getting into breaking down, you know, the blocking tight end. Blocking tight end is a big thing. Mm -hmm. Like, how they don't have a blocking tight end is absolutely driving him crazy. You know how, as, like, a fan, that happens? Like, you have little things that, about your team... Like that a pet like, sure. Yeah. Like, how, how could we just not... Like, the Giants, for years, like, Giant fans always lamented a lack of special teams. Right. Like, how do we not... They still don't. They still don't have a kick returner. True. You know, like, how do we not have a year after year after year? And his big thing is that's his uh, his pet project. He's strong on the blocking tight end lobbying platform. That's a good. That's a good. Uh, that's a good party to run on. <laughs> Nobody era, else is running on it. Era jet fans. Uh, <laughs> if elected, I will provide a blocking tight end and uh, more shovels. Cal, we haven't heard this music in a year, kid. Has he been on hold all this time? No, only a couple minutes. Please. Could you imagine if we had the Swami on hold for... That's why I am. Oh, man. I mean, because he would, he would not hang up. He would stay on hold the whole time just to let us hear about it. <laughs> he would stay on hold the entire time, get on, just to rip us and get off. And then hang up, right. Well, look, you know, he's he's got a list of demands. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. is right. Let's bring him in uh, for the first time since the Super Bowl. Our very own prognosticator par excellence. The very short, very mustachioed Swami. Hi, Swam. Hi, guys. How are you? Happy football, Swami. Happy football. Actually, believe it or not, you lost me about five minutes after you started the show, but then I realized the Democratic Convention is on, so I might as well torture myself by listening to this stuff. Right. But after a while, come on, uh, how much effusive? Somebody used the word effusive? Nobody used that word. No, nobody used that word on public... Radio and, and the last time we're doing a, a rerun of uh, the Thin Man in 1947 when radio shows were the uh, only way to go. You guys got to 
I'm not going to give you any suggestions on how to make a show better. Any suggestion, you know, would would make a show better. But yeah, this is not a love fest. This is a sports calling talk show. Yeah, well, and I, I emphasize. No, you guys do a lot of talking, but what the heck is it? Oh, he's Joe Capper. He's got the best. I thought I was listening to the Food Network there for a while. I mean, come on, let's get on. We want the guys want to hear what every fan wants to hear. Cut to the chase. We don't want to hear about uh, tight ends and loose ends and blocking ends and, and whatever. We want to who's going to win the game on Sunday. So, so let's let's hear some picks. Let's let's get on with it. And by the way. You, you, you certainly uh, downplayed my stature, didn't you? I, <laughs> how have you been, Swam? It's good to have you back. Well, fair to Midland. You know. <laughs> Swami, where are, where are you tonight, Swami? Ah, I, I thought someone might ask, and I thought so. I had to do a little on the site on site scouting uh, for the Jet game at Buffalo. Uh, I mean, I so I went up to Buffalo to see how the fans up there were reacting. To sending their boys down to you know to, to to play the Jets and let me tell you something, you got some competition up there. I mean they're they're thinking maybe the Bills may do it this weekend. I, uh, I feel like I I should stay away from that selection altogether. Okay, so we because we if, see you where you, where you debacle, if you remember last night's debacle, if you remember last night's debacle, where the majority of the pundits, as you use that word. Excessively, but uh, what we call it, pick the New York Giants to be triumphant, right? Including you. Well, I, I, I well, that was an early, early. Uh, when I looked closer, I did realize that was, that also was a game to stay away from, because the Giants never having beaten uh, the Cowboys on opening night, I I said this got to be some kind of omen. You got to look at that one, you know. So I didn't make any uh, any uh, any prognostication, nor did I make any wagers on that. Right. Well, this is always a, for entertainment well, I, I purposes. I did have a great ta- tailgate party up in Buffalo. Oh, nice. Did you have any I ate wings? a lot of wings. Yeah. yeah, I had a lot of New York wings. They just call them wings there. Yeah, I know. They I mean, don't. They don't. They don't call them. No, they don't. Wings. Not not at all. And did I have you a have any? Uh, that, a, did you have any beef on Weck? Wait, you mean beef like a complaint? No. <laughs> yeah. Did you have a complaint on Wex? <laughs> I, I know. I was just trying to be throw a little humor into the show because we got to get something that keeps uh, I mean, you probably somebody, only have five uh, people left. That's you know. good. That's probably if we had five people to even begin with. I mean, let's be honest. No, you had five people to begin with. I, I know because most let's of the keep... people, like I said, turned around a Democratic convention and decided you were a possible alternative. Not well, that's, necessarily that's, a, not necessarily a good alternative. That's right. That's nice of you to say. Let's get into the game. I mean, let's get into the game. Yeah, I missed. I missed really. I missed Tony Clifton. I really did. That's nice. Uh, by the way, by the way, Cal, I just have to add, my contract has not been signed yet. So, oh, this okay. is this is all on uh, negotiation right now. But go ahead. All right, what game would you like to start with? Pick one, pick did one. You, did you get the robe that we sent you? It's really nice. Th- that was not a robe. Those Terry Claw things were the, in fact, I think you must have taken them from, from some days in. You know. <laughs> There's nothing Recycled wrong with the days, days in. in. Robe. Nothing yeah. wrong with the days in, people. They're, they're very nice. 
Yeah, well, that's right. I understand you used the word P-I-S-S-E-D on this show tonight. Yes, I did. From the FCC in the morning. We'd like to keep the show a family show. Wow. Okay. Uh, Our family's listening. That's yeah, right. that's the sad commentary oh. on that too. Not all of our family. Some of our family right. only only listens when they're going to be on the show. Ah, uh, well, they should. <laughs> okay, Swam, let's get to the games, buddy, because this is okay, uh, right. this is what the people want to hear. They don't care about tight ends or loose ends or book ends or or, uh, or burnt ends. They don't care about. There that. you go. Not at all. Are we doing all the games, Swam, or do you have a select no, few? No, no, I I can go through all the games for you, but. I do have one that I actually would possibly uh, well, take let's a do those. On, let's, 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 no, no, you, you pick them. I'll get them. Okay. Uh, uh, Cal, I'll go first. Go ahead. Hey, uh, why don't you go first and let Cal go next? That's right. <laughs> when will then be now? Uh, uh-huh. The answer to that question is always I soon. am. I am, therefore, I, whatever. Go ahead. Right. Um, so I'm going to start you off with a, uh, a Jim Dandy, Washington and New Orleans, oh. the Redskins and RG3. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, 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 yeah. No, no. Washington may be doing good in, in the you know the National League, but we're going to go with New Orleans for this game. All right, very good. Yeah, I, I'm going to start out with the uh, the guys who they, 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 the uniforms may be a little soggy because they did have a, a, a tad uh, amount of Excess rain down there, but uh, they'll come through. I think they'll come through in the long run. So All go right. With, uh, go with New Orleans. Cal? I want to hear your thoughts, Swami, on the Patriots and the Titans. Ooh. Oh. Oh. That, that's, you know, I, I don't want to buck the tide or anything like that, you know. But, uh. Buck, buck the tide? <laughs> Is that possible? Hey, hey, we're talking about New England here. Going against the Patriots is you know, it's kinda like hoping that you guys are gonna be successful on this show. You know. It's uh it's a good wish, but no, I'm gonna go with with the Patriots. All right. I think, I'll, uh, I think they're gonna start the season off the way the Giants should have. On a winning is, note. On a winning note, not so much for the Giants. This is a no. uh, a, G, a Jim Dandy of a game. Out in oh, Denver. Oh wait, another Jim Dandy. Yes. What game is that now? Uh out in Denver. Sunday night, Pittsburgh Steelers and the Peyton Manning-led Denver Broncos. (laughs) I I know a lot of people are hoping for somebody's uh, embarrassment out there, but I'm going to go with the Broncos. Really? All right. Yeah. I think the mile-high situation is going to do well. It's going to suit Peyton well. Okay. You're not bothered by the fact that he can't throw the ball more than 10 yards at more than 50 miles an hour? No. What? Okay. What in God's name does that have to do with anything when you're talking about Pittsburgh? <laughs> I don't know. Cal? Sunday I mean, I can give you a more in-depth critique of it if you'd like. No, no, but, that's I mean, good. I, yeah, okay. Mahai Stadium is, uh, will, will be a, a great place. All right. Yeah. Cal? And, and John Fox, you know, as the head coach, he's kind of conservative. So I'm going, you know, uh, I'm going with, with Denver. Put that down in my in my win column. We're going to put that on the ledger. Cal. It's down yeah. already. Yeah. It's down. Okay. Sunday at 425, Swami. Uh, 425, what, what do you make of that? The extra 15 minutes for the start of the game? It's money. Money. Yeah? Oh, yeah. It's got nothing to do with you know, fan appreciation or enjoyment of the game. It's got to do with 
425. They're going to start this, so then they could let it. Uh, the, the games who may run a little over, the people watch that. Because what was happening, as you know, because you guys are astute sport people, uh, if the. A compliment! Uh, PJ, no, wrap no. that up! It was, yeah, wait. It was, it was not wait. a compliment, it was a statement of fact. <laughs> that's all. That's all that was. A clarification. <laughs> but as you know, if the, if the programming uh, has the. What the hell is that? It's breaking Am news. You just, you just gave us a compliment. Oh, oh. I thought maybe you know the election was over already. All right, now, if if the station programming has it uh, ending at four o'clock and the next game beginning, if there's a you know, a game running into overtime or even close, you know, a little over that time, people are kind of like a little reluctant to not find the end of the game out, so they get yep. kind of so they gave them an extra twenty five minutes to you know wrap it all up. So I I, I think it works. You know, okay. If, so if, then, if you have if your team hasn't uh, achieved uh, glory by that time, then it's a good extra 25 minutes to go out and get another, you know, one of your kibasi sandwiches or something or whatever right. you guys say. Boy, that was, uh, that was uh, lyrical, John Updike. That was impressive right there. Uh, My team has not he, achieved glory. He waxes literal. <laughs> then go get a kibasi sandwich. <laughs> yeah. A lot of John Updike. Very similar. So right, right, now, who do we think is going to win the game? Uh, that I consider, you're talking about 425 out in uh, Green Bay? Yes, Lambeau Field. Well, there's other games at 425, you know. But not at Lambeau Field. No. Okay, <laughs> I, I guess home team advantage, yeah, although I do like you know, San Fran, uh, I'm, I'm going with Green Bay. You know, really? I think that's an easy choice. Yeah, you, wow. guys are, okay. you guys object to that? No. I'm surprised that you think it's an easy choice. Easy, easy. Okay. All right. I really do. I mean, Green Bay, you got Aaron, Green Bay, you got Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Unless, of course, they have a monsoon or something out there that would tip the – or even the playing field, so to speak. But, no, I'll go with Green Bay. You're just going by the quarterbacks there. you got Aaron Rodgers no, versus Alex No, not necessarily, Smith. but I think they do – I'm, I'm probably not as astute in sports as you guys, but I think the quarterbacks do play a key role in these uh, games. Sure. So that's why I kind of like would look at the quarterback, but that's okay. Speaking of quarterbacks, Sunday at MetLife Stadium in New Jersey, New York uh, you, Jets. You really want to get? In. I'm not going to make a pick. I'll tell you my. I'll, I'll tell you what I think is going to happen uh, right. that day. You know, I think logic would say that regardless of which side you root for, you know, the Jets or the Bills, logic would say that it'll be a a, a stunning thing to watch because a lot of people don't really care about the outcome of the game, I feel. I think they're just trying to see how far Sanchez can go before he stumbles and trips on his Mickey, you know? And uh, because they have this, built this, this as, you, as you guys have said 112 times on the show tonight, the media has built up this uh, Sanchez uh, Tebow thing to ad nauseum. So, I'm going to start with, calling him Tybo. Can I do that, please? No, you can call him anything you want. <laughs> That's like but the uh, exercise, that exercise tape, Tybo, right? Sure, oh, from the 90s. Yeah, remember that? Billy Blank. Oh, so. Billy Blank, that's right, Tybo. Nice, that was good. That was a $20,000 question on uh, the millionaire one time, by the way. Anyhow, uh, the Jets, 
I'd like to see them do well. I really would. I'd like to, and even if they don't win, which is a possibility, I'd like to see them, you know, give four good quarters of football. You know, as a team, not as a, you know, as as a one person entity that the they have to make uh, excuses for. You know? Right. He's got the, the the kid has got all of the tools. He's got to put it together. You know, you know how I dislike. And and it's nothing personal, but I dislike the coach. Yes, we're we're aware of your feelings about uh, yeah. Mr. Ryan. And although the team may have changed personnel-wise and stuff, I don't think he's changed. Right. Well, he's right. thinner. So I think that's not much of a change. I think what happened, and you guys may not know this, you think he lost weight. I happen to think it was his ego being deflated. Uh, and that kind of accounted there. for the... That kind of accounted for the uh, uh, lessening of his stature, so to speak. Right. But like so, I would like to, I, I I would like to see these both teams go out there and give it a a full four quarters of play. I don't I, I don't think it will happen. I I think it's going to be more emphasis on and excuses uh, on some people. But they're new with the game. It's the first game of the, uh, a long season. You know, and if I had to put money on it, which I don't want to do. I guess I would have to go. Hey, wait! I could give. I could make it like the kiss of death for Buffalo. I could just pick Buffalo, and the Jets would obviously win. But I'll I'll do neither. I'll just tell you. I'll watch the game, uh, whether live or on uh, video, and uh, like I said, hope that they make a good show for themselves. That's about it. All right. Is that okay? You do, yeah. Do you want to do one more game? I'll do one more game. Okay. Cincinnati, Baltimore. If you guys don't pick. I'm going to do it anyhow, but go ahead. Bro. All right, Cincinnati-Baltimore, was that your game? No, it wasn't, but that's an easy I – mean, I think that's kind of like easy. I don't think anybody uh, is going to go against the Ravens, do you think? No, I, I, yeah, I, mean, I like the Ravens at home No, I like the Ravens, yeah. too. I like yeah, the Ravens at home there. there. Very tough team I think it, Yeah, I think if you, if you line up well, you know, what they've done in the preseason and – what the other guys haven't done in preseason, I think you got to go with Baltimore. But you know, anything can happen on any day. I think that one of the toughest games this week to pick is, is the the uh, the what's it called the Monday night game. The other Monday night game, because there's two. Yeah, I know. Well, we're not talking about the one I just picked, silly. I would have to go with the other <laughs> Monday night game. If I have not to figure it out, for you guys. The Monday yeah. night. <laughs> well. That's and, a late. And, and, yeah, that's a late game. That's a very yeah. late game. Ten fifteen on the East 10, Coast. Ten fifteen. Ten fifteen. I no think it chance. could go either way. You know, uh, and I and, and I think what's going to be determinant on that, you know, will I don't think will be the quarterback in that game. I don't think the quarterbacks will be the the determinant thing on that one. Palmer and Rivers. But, you don't think that's the uh, determining factor there? No, I think they're very important, but I think I think uh, McFadden is probably going to be more important uh, in this game uh, to, to the outcome. So uh, I know from you know looking at the, some of the other guys that they're split down the middle. You know, as to who's going to do what to who? But uh, I guess uh, I think I'm going to go against Oakland. Sorry. Wow. So San Diego goes into the black hole and wins on Monday night. Goes into the black hole as the visiting team, and I think they'll come away with a victory. We'll see. I got, I got to tell you, Swam. Couple, yeah. you know, real, real, real quick here before we let you go. One, 
I love the uh, the newfound. Uh, you sound a little like Rex Ryan. You're very, oh, very. Wait, wait! I've been insulted before. They very, very confident. Right off the You're very confident huh. in your picks. You're telling us well, a lot I, of I had a, I, had a, I had a great off season to reflect <laughs> on my selections from last year and right. my actual overall performance. If you remember, does anybody okay. remember? We you do. Know, or is it? What can you do for me now? You almost had the perfect uh, the perfect postseason. Right. What do you mean almost? You almost had the perfect postseason. You got one game wrong. You got one game wrong. Uh, But if you check back in your records, you'll find out you may be wrong. If we had had recorded the show, what's that? We did record the show? I don't don't think he got anything wrong. I don't think. You think he went out? He didn't go 11 0, did he? I think he did. Wow. Yeah, so. Of course, that's that's not hard to do if you're a Giant fan. You just take the Giants every week. Oh, right. Oh, look what he did. Yeah, went right out. Okay. <laughs> I was wondering when that was, was probably was excellent. That, you, by the you, way, you, my, my agent will be in touch with your people. Right. Now who did you get for a sponsor? Murray's Delicatessen? No. No, oh. we got a uh we got a sports bar uh down in the the in the village uh, called Blue Haven. It's a great great place. All right. Now I understand I I I am that's the first I'm hearing of this, but I understand from you mentioning it right now. Uh, live on your show, there's probably five or six people have walked out. Of <laughs> uh, Haven just because we sponsored it. Well, no, no, I think it'll be a hit now. Now they'll probably get four or five more people, except the, you know, the ones that are in there. I, I go. the place, the place does pretty well. Ah, <laughs> do that. <laughs> ah, there you go. I remember that scene. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, PJ, let's let's, let's take your powder dry. I haven't made any of the food prognostications as you were asking uh, Joe for, but uh, tailgate party, keep it simple. Yes. How? Yeah? Uh, and keep keep it simple. How? What would you do? Hey, I'd bring a couple of uh, eggplant parmesan sandwiches from home. You oh, know, what? maybe a little provolone, uh, a little little uh, dried sausage, a little pepperoni, possibly, and nice. uh, a non-alcoholic beverage. You know. Yeah, a yuhu. I think it would. I can't name, use name brands. It's, that's also part of my contract. <laughs> wow. How about right. unsweetened, unsweetened iced tea? <laughs> Cal, you have anything uh, for the Swamp before we let him go? Till next. No, week? no, no. It's great to have him back, though. It really. is good. To, it is good to have you back, Swamp. All, thank all, you for, all kidding aside, it's good. Well, great. I appreciate it. And thank you for the time slot that no one else would possibly, you know. I'm telling you right now, this is this is the best time slot on the show. I'm telling right, you right now. No one demographic right? right now. No, this no, is, that's this not it. I think this is the best time slot because no one is listening now, so I can't really get hurt if no, I, this, I make I'm bad prognostications. You, you know why? You know why it's the best uh, time slot in the podcast? Don't forget, it's a podcast now, Swam. It's a podcast. Uh, yeah, I know. Less a live show, more podcast. I'll tell you why. You're 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 uh, you're leading for the fun load. Everybody okay. loves fun load. All right. Well, let me just say anything. I mean, if we have anybody like... listening, let, let me just say one last thing. If we have anybody listening in Tennessee, go to sleep. I mean, what's going on? By this time in Tennessee, they've already pulled in the sidewalks. That's yeah. right. I'm telling you. All right, you, guys. Like, you keep your powder like, dry. We'll talk to you next week. It's like leading into Hill Street Blues, Swamp. I'm telling you. <laughs> this, is, this is it. That's <laughs> right. Don't forget. Time. Be safe out there. Be careful out there. All right. Bye-bye. <laughs> so long. He was a uh, boy. You know, it's 
that was not a week one performance out of the Swami. That's that was he's, he's been doing this for a couple of months. <laughs> he he did have a good off season. He came in ready. He hit the ground running. Yeah. That's uh boy. It's <laughs> It's like the great line in uh, one of my favorite Bill Murray lines. I don't have to take this abuse from you. I got dozens of people dying to abuse me <laughs> from Ghostbusters. Uh, let's bring in the cow. We can do the Cano uh, right thing another time. Yeah, we, let's let's do that another time. It's just it's a uh, to me it's an interesting point about how David Wright needs to be traded. Uh, you know, pick up his option and trade him. But Robinson Cano, you're going to pick up his option and extend him out 10 years, and he's 29, too. Are you doing that just because you're the Yankees? I mean, don't the Yankees, if they collapse here, don't they need to rebuild a little bit, too? Yeah, well, uh, look, I get your point. I don't want to get into it because we'll go on for the next 20 minutes on it. Right. Let's save that for a future episode. Let's save it for next week. And by the way, uh, spoiler alert, the Yankees lost tonight. They did lose that game. Yep. They came back to tie at 6-6, and then I think they lost in the ninth, yes? Uh, it was either the eighth or the ninth. Yeah. Yeah, I'm in a fantasy uh, fantasy baseball uh, death match. I mean, this is this is tough. You are. You're a little, you're a little tense about it. <sighs> Not gonna talk. This is where fantasy sports gets really difficult because you wind up in the playoffs, uh, playing you know one of your best friends or whatever, and uh, he's trying to use the Jedi mind trick on me. He's trying. He's trying to reverse jinx me. The, the reverse jinxing going on right now is unprecedented. Yeah, he's using the Obi Wan. Just you're bombing Luke. Look, everybody. Everybody is is on edge. Yeah, Thursday. It's, it's the weekends on Sunday, and and people do things and say things that they they don't necessarily. Yeah, they lose their mind. I mean, this is this is fantasy baseball. This is this is the real thing. So, I've I on the other I'm in the other semifinal matchup, and I've yes, come I have come to terms with my demise. So yeah, you're having a rough week. It's a rough week, but that's okay. I'm I'm trying to help I'm trying to help you guys now. You know, yeah. Get through this these next three days. This is gonna be a tough weekend for the two of you. It's really gonna test yep. the the thirty years of thirty five years that you've known each other. Yeah. We it's been it's been a long it's been a long haul. It may all end this weekend. Everything. Yeah. The whole friendship. Thirty right. thirty two years or whatever it is. May and all Dash, even now we gotta choose. So that's not you're not being fair to the rest of us. What? I gotta choose Oh yeah, that's right. Well you may lose him in the divorce. I may have to sacrifice the show <laughs> for him. Who do you do a podcast with? All right. But, uh, yeah, let's let's draw the line. I'm, I'll, I'll listen to, to whatever you guys bring to the table and make my decision. He's very handsome. I will say that. He's dapper. That is a reason to keep him around. He's also the only single friend we have left. Right. So I'm going to hitch my wagon to that. That's correct. <laughs> There's a lot of vicarious living that you would be missing out on. Uh, it's time for the fun load, Peach. What do you got? Peach? PJ, are you alright? Oh, Cal. What happened to PJ? Are you there he's again? Here. No, he's there. Yeah, we're, we're there. We're here. We're, did you choke on the sausage and peppers? I can't tell. I was going to talk about Swami. What were you, oh, what were you going to talk about? 
He was on fire. <laughs> <laughs> he does not care for the program. Does not care for it. And uh, yeah, he makes I mean, no the, bones uh, about the, it. The reference to Tony Clifton, uh, <laughs> I think, is accurate. <laughs> he really is. Do you th- do you think then somebody's playing the Swami? <laughs> I think it's possible that there are numerous uh, comedians right. who take on the guise of the Swami. Is Bob Zamuda actually making that phone call? Possibly. Just coming in to poke at you, poke at you, see if you take the bait, and end up looking silly. But and you know what smart, I always, I, no, I always take? take bait. I we always, always do. We always take it. Because uh, he lays it out there. I love it. All right. Uh, do you have a fun load, Peach? Because if you don't, I do. Tons of fun load topics. Let's, are we doing uh, solid? What are we doing? You know, the first day of school happened. I'm aware. Uh, it just struck me. Um, do you remember some of the anxieties? My daughter just had some of the anxieties of the first day of school because she started middle school. Oh, oh wow. Wow. And uh, uh, she she gets a locker with a combination lock. Oh, Wow, this is a lot. Freaked out. I Freaked I Im- out. yeah I immediately go to um, for some reason uh, this this is good that's a great question first day of school to me is uh, two things one new outfit whatever it was yeah always going with new clothes new, new sneakers uh, always new sneakers definitely and then uh, trapper keeper or loose leaf. Now, in, in Jersey, they know this, because in Jersey now, picture day is within the first week of school, because they know that's when everybody has their best clothes. Smart. Very smart. So and as, and the yeah, kids are going to be in school, home. too. And then nobody's absent. Right. Yeah. The, wasn't Why was picture day such a ridiculous... I, I mean, I guess because the internet didn't exist... And there was, like, no Facebook and stuff like that. Like, picture yeah, day was... I mean, Steve, was, in my house, it was a big deal. Steve, it still it's is. It's still a big deal. Still a huge still deal. Still is? Okay. All right, yeah. I'm checking on that. I don't as, have a... As big a deal as you remember. Is it really? Yep. No, no, I'm not but, talking about for for the the kids. Of course, it's going to be a big deal You know what the grandparents do? You know how the grandparents do backflips when you show up with that card of uh, six <laughs> wallets and an 8 by 10 for them mm-hmm. that they get to cut up? They go nuts, huh? Yo, you give them the, the full sheet. It's not like you, you give cut, them the you sheet. Don't... Grandma Angela is going to go bananas when she right. sees that. Oh, the pictures are here. They did a blue background. Oh, I love it. So precious. Look at this. What? Oh, who combed his hair? Did well, you I'm... comb it? That teacher combed it, didn't she? I'll go one step further, PJ. The grandparents actually come over on picture day to make sure the hair is okay before they leave for school. <laughs> yeah, that's happened. That that well, my my, my mother-in-law came to the bus stop once every year. What'd you yeah. comb your hair with a blender for picture day? Yeah. You look like you plugged your finger into a socket. I used to get that a lot with the with the spiky hair when spiky hair was in when you were little. Yeah, right. And you spiked up. Let me. Uh, can we talk real quickly about the uh, backgrounds? Some of your favorite picture day backgrounds. Did you guys have? Cal and I went to the same, uh, pretty much everything. 
Same elementary school, same... No, we didn't go to the same elementary school. No. You went to Cedar Road, right? Right, but my daughter goes to the same elementary school that you went to. She she goes to Northridge, right? She sure does. Wow. Yep. Is my legacy still intact there? Or? Yeah, oh, please. The the weeping every day in second grade, they still, they're still they still talking about that over there? Well, then, yeah, don't be another Steve Sampietro. Yeah. You don't want to cry every day like Steve Sampietro. Um but uh, did you guys have the neon uh, background with the the neon lines? Right. You, you like, yep. Yep. About. That was, like that, the laser beams. That was <laughs> the like, mid eighties, <laughs> mid nineteen eighties one. Yeah. Oh man, that background, it, and and of course the fake bookshelf. Right. You know what we had? We had the slightly out of focus but clearly outdoors wooded picture. And then you could lean your arm up against what looks like the top rail of a fence. This is a school picture? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Was it like a western fence? Yeah, like it a, was like, like a, a horse like a, fence. Right, like a wood fence that like you, yeah. you would saddle up your horse to? Yeah. Because that's, like that's this, happening a lot in Staten Island? This is, this is like a 1977, 1978 era um Studio, you know, f- photography studio backdrop for us. There's definitely a shot of me, uh, for some reason, out out on the range. <laughs> we always had the fake classroom shot, which I thought was ironic because we were in a classroom. Yeah, but that you know, you can't. <laughs> so why did they classroom. have to put the fake background when you were actually in, you were in a real classroom? Right. Exactly. Because the lighting's all done in that background. All you got to do is turn on the big light. That's it. You lift the shade, and there it is. I just yeah. always loved that the bookcase background looked like, you, you know, we were like Ronnie Deutsch, like a law firm. <laughs> right. <laughs> like you were like, like, you were like a sole proprietor, one of those like 1230 at night, you know, 1230 in the morning commercials. Have you right. been injured? You. Right. Right. <laughs> you look like a mesothelioma lawyer, you know, standing, <laughs> standing in front of this thing. Has you or one of your relatives been injured in a car accident? That's what I look like, like in fifth grade in front of his bookcase. <laughs> and most like, kids wore a very nice shirt, but there'd usually be one kid per grade who would come in with with a suit. <laughs> and also and also one kid with a football jersey. Oh, absolutely. Oh yeah. And he was I, I gotta say, that was I was very envious. Yeah. Like I went home that day and told my mother, Well, we, you know, such and such got to wear a football jersey, and you made me wear this velour, you know, striped shirt. I look ridiculous. Jack Trimmer. Well, that kid, that kid was staking out his ground as oh, a yeah. cool kid, getting it oh, in yeah. early. <laughs> that looked so like Jack another, another anxiety, by the way, my daughter was extremely anxious about being lost in the hallways. Oh, that new school. That doesn't go away. Did she get to go and visit the school before school started? That made it worse. Oh, right. She couldn't get acclimated. She was too nervous, and it was just stimulus overload being dragged from hallway to hallway. And then they sent her out with a map, like this vicious memento. Here, take it home and study it. You'll never get it right. (laughs) Good luck to you. Yeah. Good luck. We will see you roaming the halls. Yep. We We had bus anxiety by us. Oh sure, oh, that was that was common, right? Well, you had you, you had when I mean we we had the bus anxiety of like who was going to be at your bus stop. Yes, the our, the anxiety for us was where do you? My daughter is the first one on the bus. Where does she sit? 
That's, I mean, that's a huge decision. The bus is completely empty. Completely empty. Where do you? Last year, she knew she was in third grade. She sat right behind Ralph, the bus driver, directly behind him. The friendly okay. Jamaican fellow. <laughs> now she's in fourth grade. She's got to go somewhere else. Where does she go? Panic. Why can't she sit behind the? Why can't she sit behind the bus driver again? That's oh, it's out of her hands. Uh, it's out of her hands. Society dictates where you sit. I see. This it's isn't this isn't cruel. Mobile, Alabama, in 1958, is it? I mean, what do you mean? She, why can't she sit anywhere? She she got a blank canvas. She settled no. on the middle. The middle. That's smart. That's a smart play. Smart kid. There are My many. There's many forces at work on the bus, Steve, about where you're going to end up. Ooh, right. It's rough. Right. I just it's remember rough. getting in fights at the bus stop. Like that was like a bus stop was like a fighting round. It was like Fight Club. You know what the deal is that these days, though? And PJ, I don't know if it's like this in Jersey. They have, you know, for back in the 80s, a stretch of a mile, you'd have, let's say, five bus stops. Today, you've got 25 bus stops. And the bus stops are like everybody's house. So you don't have these 10 people fighting at a bus stop, you know, three blocks away. Oh, they, uh, they We had that un- until budget problems. And they consolidated the bus stop, and now we have very large bus stops here. Oh, good! Where That's every, the way it should be. We mean going yes, door yes. to door and picking people up. That's crazy. Your taxes are insane, though, Cal. I mean, yeah, you're paying. You're you're paying for that. I know. You're paying. For, you're paying for the door to door service. For I am, but you know grade. what? It's nice because they just you know if it's raining, they can watch from the window. Look, we got to toughen these kids up. All right, take them to the bus stop. Okay. And that's where Fight Club happens. And the first rule of bus stop is you don't talk about bus stop. That's you true. You you it wasn't a successful morning unless you went to school with grass stains on your pants <laughs> before the year, before the day even started. I exactly. You had to be sitting there in the right in the first ten minutes of like story time or whatever or highlights when you were doing highlights. <laughs> and I got you, another one. Another this this was shocking to me. My daughter did not want me to come to the bus stop today. Oh, boy. That's the first time, right? That's the first time. She's walking into sixth grade. I said, you want me to walk down with you? No. I'm good. I I was, I almost, I almost fell unconscious. Step off, Dad. Yeah. It's she Florida. told you to step off, Costanza style. Step off. I had... Move back, old man. <laughs> <laughs> I got this. <laughs> Did she turn it into a, uh, was it like Glee? Did she turn it into a musical or? She doesn't break out into song. Did <laughs> she break out into song? <laughs> Not usually. <laughs> All right, well, guys, we're 90 seconds away from going into overtime. We will uh, continue into overtime here. So check out the rest of this on the web. But before we do, uh, one more mention of our sponsor, Blue Haven NYC. Uh, check out www.bluehavennyc.com uh, for their daily specials. And, of course, again, NFL Sunday. This Sunday, they have great wings, great food, 100-ounce uh, beers. I, I'm getting one of those uh, when we do the remote from there. The remote, the first remote is going to be fantastic because I'll, I'll have just downed a 100-ounce beer, and I'll be like, I, look, how I don't even care what you do. <laughs> All right? I need Everybody... to be photographed with one of those. Right, and then I'm weeping, and then that'll be the first remote from Blue Haven. I'll, I, I'll turn into author. That sounds successful. <laughs> We're talking small. 
Um, so yeah. anyway, uh, check out the the podcast. Uh, uh, thanks to Joe Caparoso from uh, TurnOnTheJets.com. Check out our podcast on iTunes uh, in the iTunes Store. You can subscribe to the podcast and also check out www.rtusports.com. You can download the episodes there. You can subscribe to the podcast there. We're getting T-shirts soon, guys. T-shirts are coming in. That's yeah. be sort of cool. So double uh, X, please. Stuff. And uh, <laughs> we we have ordered a two XL for our producer. And on that note, we go into overtime. Let him. If you hung around for overtime, you're <laughs> <in> for a treat. <laughs> now, uh, welcome to RTU After Hours. There was no time to play. Peach Pit After Dark. Is this a, is this a remix? I don't remember there there being no music at the beginning of this song. <laughs> um, the there was this the the version that you're used to hearing is the single edit. For radio. The, ra- the radio edit, of course. This is the album track. It's a deep cut. That this is, is how they would do it in concert and make, make the crowd go nuts. <laughs> oh, they probably intro. bring all the lights down. Right. A lot of, a lot of smoke on the stage. Single that, spot you, on Ashford you know or it. Simpson. Right. You know it. Roberta Flack comes out inexplicably. She's not. So I, I don't have a solid she's, for you, but, but, she's but not I, do, I do have a multiple choice. Quiz for you, very quickly. All right, let's do ah, it. For, in honor of school starting, a quiz. I in love honor it. of school start. In honor of my daughter's birthday coming up. Get your number two pencils out, everybody. I will be keeping score. Scantrons. Now I don't know how, if you've been but, watching but me on the Facebook. Real quickly, how 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 antiquated does the idea of a scantron in this <laughs> in this day and age? I don't even how, know what that is. Right. What is that? I just, the Scantron used to take the test on you. Fill out the little bubbles or whatever. Oh, it like read the that. pencil. Oh, that's the Scantron. Right, right. with the You're number right. with the number two pencil. Like how right. antiquated that that might as well have been 1945. We might as well Punch have been cards. in a bread line. I don't know <laughs> if they got rid of. I don't know if they got rid of Scantrons. All I know is I had to sharpen 64 number two pencils on Tuesday night. Get <laughs> eight pencils. Literally six six pack six packs of eight. Oh, what they Do your were kids like to... real pencils? Are your kids allowed to bring mechanical pencils? No, no, no. It was, it was on the supply list, the school-issued supply list, six packages of Dixon number two pencils. Yeah, Maybe they're, they're, they're using Scantron, then. They must be, but after 26, my electric sharpener burned out, literally. You had to go by hand? I had to go to the hand one. Oh, my gosh. Now, you know why? I had a teacher explain so this cramping. Cramping. I, yeah. I brought this up at parent-teacher night. You did? And Yes, and the simple explanation was, she said, do you know how much class time we lose to students getting up and coming to my desk for a pencil? I'm guessing a lot. It's a lot. All right. So they, well. they make them come in with literally dozens of pencils. <laughs> pencils are in their desk, they're in their school bag, they're back in the cubby, and they got pencils at home. They Five never want to hear that you don't have a pencil. <laughs> I'm telling you, 64 pencils. And that's probably not enough. You'll probably be, be buying more by spring break. Are they? Are they? 
what, what are they drawing up the plans for a condominium? What are they, what are they doing? Were they drafting something? Well, then they then disappear, the Steve. Is, the best is then when you hear, oh, well, you know, so-and-so didn't bring his pencils in. It's like, son of a... Right. <laughs> I'm the only... And then what, is your, what does your daughter do naturally? I gave him ten, right? Right. Yeah, sure. <laughs> and you're like, but I bought those. <laughs> I sharpened those. Joey didn't bring his calculator, so I gave him mine. We need a new calculator, Dad. What? <laughs> I also loaned him 50 bucks. You'd be surprised how much lead you inhale sharpening 64 pencils. <laughs> That's dangerous, man. Like, you don't realize it until the next day when you're coughing up a lung. Graphite I I, toxicity. I think I got the black lung pop. <laughs> Merman. Merman. It's a tremendously underrated movie. It's a walk-off. Uh, okay, let's have the quiz. So my, my daughter's birthday is coming up. Yes. For her birthday, as uh, she turns 11 on 9-11, yep. we got her some Ikea furniture. Okay. Now, have you been to Ikea any, at any time in your life? Oh, many, many. Th- you know how long I was single? You answer that okay. question. So the, the names of the furniture are ridiculous. Silly. And, right? Yeah. And so it occurred to me after our cheese conversation that there's a lot of IKEA names that would seem interchangeable with some of the more bizarre cheeses. Uh-huh. So I made up a quick game, and to to, to make it uh, jibe better with the the theme of the uh, show, uh, it's uh, cheese, IKEA, or world class athlete. You must choose. From the World's Strongest Man competition, correct? (laughs) I'm not going to tell you whether or not these people are strong men or what they do. Right. So I'm going to read off a quick list here. Okay. Of some words. And you're going to tell me, uh, would you find these things in a cheese section in Ikea? Or would it be a world-class athlete? All right. All right, and there are some there are some uh, you know uh, names with two words. That's not necessarily a person's name. That could be the name of a cheese, and that could be the name of uh, IKEA. Furniture. A couch. Right. <laughs> so don't let don't let the two name thing throw you. Okay. All right. Now, do you want some music for this to make it? Uh, you want a little solid in the background? Or hey, you you're the, you're the producer. You have to have some ace of bass for this. I should. Right? I should have had an eye all the time. Or ABBA. Yeah, that's right. we should have, right? We should have a little. Oh, I should have had some ABBA. I blew it. That's okay. I, all right. All right. Or wow. that. Or naked time. <laughs> Keep that a little lower. The first one up. The first one's a, give, a, a gimme. Manchego. Cheese. Cheese, Ikea, or athlete? That's a very good cheese. That's a fa- that's a favorite cheese of mine. Okay. This is, what, this is what happens when you marry a Texan. You know him. Okay. Cheese. All right. Dong dong. <laughs> that is an athlete. You are correct. Really? I was going to go furniture. I really was. Nope, that is, that is a trampoline artist from China. <laughs> All right. Catilla. 
I'm sorry? Tatilla. That's a shelf. Cal, would you like to weigh in? Tatilla? I believe that is also a world-class athlete. You are both incorrect. Tatilla is a cheese. <laughs> what kind of cheese? It is a Spanish cheese that literally translates to nipple. <laughs> it's made in little nipple shapes. That's fantastic. All right. I like I like how you went to shelf. You didn't Get- even just say furniture. <laughs> you said, that's a shelf. <laughs> Do we have any more of the nipple cheese? <laughs> I think I'd it's like on the shelf. Tea, I, I think I think it's on the shelf. Oh, Here's I one. love that nipple cheese. Here's one. Leroy. Leroy. Is there that? A... That's IKEA. That's IKEA. Yeah, I'm gonna agree. You are correct. <clears throat> is there an unglit? Or what do they call those? Unglots? Yeah, Leroy L- is uh, the base of their bed. Leroy is also uh, uh, Lou Rawls' uh, Swedish name. That doesn't, <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. There that's you what, go. Uh, that's what the Swedes call Lou Rawls. Right. Lou Rona. Oh, he played for the Twins. He did. That's Jonathan Lucroy. Oh, right. right. That's what you're looking for. Oh, I have to cross him off my list. Drona. D-R-O-N-A. Oh, that's a TV stand. You have Google open? No. <laughs> I'm very I, good at that. Drona I I is IKEA. One. Nice. Is it a TV okay. stand? Uh, it's 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 a storage box actually. Nice. You probably put a TV on it. You probably okay. could. Yeah. You're in college. Put a TV on it. Whore. College. Dehore. I'm a whore. What now? Dehore. Cal? That's got to be like a Danish weightlifter. I'm going to go cheese. The answer is a Belgian cyclist. De whore. De whore. That's an unfortunate name here in the States. It's not a great name. It's not a great name. Hooligan. Hooligan is Ikea. And a cheese. Also uh, an athlete. (laughs) Hooligan is the trifecta. Cal, you have any opinion on that one? Hooligan is... It's got to be a cheese. Hooligan is a cheese. Very good. Is it an Irish cheese? It is. Is it a cheese that watches a lot of soccer? Yes. Belligerently. That's right. Hey, we can only play 40 seconds of this song, by the way. Oh. Kill it. Let me take that one. Kill it. Let me just take Let me take that one off and Kill play it. one that we can really play one that we can really play. Our attorney at at 12:30 at night is on the phone. Right. Listen. I'm going to take another picture and do another commercial in front of a bookcase while I'm doing that. Cuz I've read all these books. All these law books, I have read them. While I'm I got doing one that, now. you got to stop with that song. you got to stop. You, you can only do this on the internet. Shitaye Ishiti. Wow. 
<laughs> think carefully. Uh, I'm going to say Ikea. Cal. Oh, boy. That's a... That's a... Um, that's an athlete. Cal is killing you, Steve. He is. He's good at this. That is a track star from Bahrain. Who knew that you would be so good at this game, Cal? <laughs> I've played before. There we go. <laughs> you, have the home, you, you have the home version of this, don't you? I have yep. this for the Wii. <laughs> we got we, we got a couple left. Couple left there. Brimness. All right, let's go. We got we got three minutes. Go. Brimness. Maybe we got three minutes. You we got, got three minutes. minutes. We got to wrap up at 11.45. That's the rules. Brimness, baby. Brimness? Brimness. Ikea. Definitely. Without a doubt. That's no correct. doubt about that it. I- that is Ikea. I have one of those. Without a doubt. Another another two-worder. Pax Tones. Ooh. Pax Tones. Pax meaning peace. Tones Pax meaning... just means Pax. From the <laughs> Latin neo meaning new and lithic meaning stone. <laughs> what do you got, Cal? Cheese. Sorry, Cal. not cheese. I'm gonna say athlete. Sorry, not athlete. Wow. That is IKEA furniture. Pax Humana. Quark. Hold on, I'll give you three in a row. Quark, Hars, and Mains. They're all the same category. <laughs> Quark, Hars, and Mains. You'd make a left on Quark. Then you're going to the be on Mains. No, nobody goes, <laughs> nobody goes down German. <laughs> they're all German? They're all German. Cheese? They're all cheese? No, they're all cheeses. No. They're all they cheeses. Are? They're all cheeses from Germany. Uh, the I had a the nice piece, in the mains. I had a nice piece of quark. I thought that would have been the water polo team. <laughs> no, that's actually they're actually a comedy team. Okay, they're I got German, two more. <laughs> German comedy team, Quark Cars and Mains. Two more and we're out. Good early stuff at the Reeperbahn. I have all their live stuff. Really good. Sojourd. Hamburger. That is IKEA. Cal Sojourd Hamburger. IKEA. That is an athlete. He is a rower. Nice. From Netherlands. Did he work at IKEA? <laughs> he may have. <laughs> he may have. Okay, he... one more, and then the grand finale. All right. Malm. That's IKEA. I have several Malm shells. That's Ikea. All right. Otherwise known as Mom. Otherwise known as Mom. Or if you're you're Italian, Mom. Mom. I got a couple of Mom shells. They're nice. I got a Mom for my Mom. They're Malums. Stinking Bishop. Well, that's that's you, isn't it? (laughs) Let's not get personal. (laughs) For goodness sake. Worst I did today was calling you Sparky. <laughs> that's how you're. Uh, that's how you're listed in the credits of the <laughs> stinking bishop. 
played by Paul Cachopo. Yes. Stinking Bishop is a cheese. But I really secretly hope it's an athlete. Stinking Bishop is a cheese. And the final uh. score... Uh, Steve got seven correct, but also got three wrong. Cal got five correct and only got two wrong. So percentage-wise, <laughs> and, and Steve thinks I have everything's no idea from how my that chin. comes out. <laughs> and the moral of the story is, <laughs> you can buy cheese at IKEA <laughs> from a world-class athlete. <laughs> well, all right, boys. DJ, final unload. Final unload. Uh, happiest of birthdays to my own daughter, who has the worst birthday in the world, but doesn't let it bring her down. Happy 11th on 9-11 to my Mimi. Oh. Cal, final unload. I'm going to give you two quick ones. One is happy birthday to Lily. Hope she has a great day. Uh, and two, some some disappointing news tonight. As one of my favorite... Celebrity couples is called it quits. Amy Poehler and Will Arnett. Oh, have no. Separate after nine years of marriage. Ew. And I can tell you, I did not see that coming. I don't think any of us did. My final unload is uh, good job, Andy Roddick. Great career. Andy Roddick called it a career at the U.S. Open after a, uh, a pretty good run, made it to the semis. And uh, here's what I like the best. He was asked uh, when he knew he was retiring, you know, what's your favorite moment? What's your favorite this? What's your favorite that? And he basically told the reporter, you know what? I can say it now. Write whatever the hell you want to write. What do you want my favorite moment to be? Just tell me what you want me to say, and then you can put it in your article that you've already written already. Wow. And uh, I absolutely love that. And uh, it inspired a very good piece by Jane McManus, uh, who covers the Jets usually, but is covering the U.S. Open, about uh, an athlete actually sort of having it right there. A lot of times they just want the quote that's going to confirm the story they've already written. So good for Andy Roddick for calling it out and also being married to Brooklyn Decker. Okay, that is all the time we have. Uh, That's your tennis minute right there. There's your tennis minute by Bud Collins. Good night, everybody. We'll see you next week.